I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Good evening, good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, 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 welcome one and all to another edition of The Sea Report. And uh, we're coming to you live on this June 15th, 2023. It is a Thursday, as I'm sure most of you all are aware. And I am your host for this evening's festivities. My name is Mr. C, also known as... This glad to be with here, you guys tonight. I hope you all are doing well on this Thursday evening. And you know, right out of the gates, the first thing I've got to say is I do apologize for not being on the air yesterday. You know, yesterday would have been one of those days to have been on the air for me. You know, as a President Trump supporter, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, come on, right? It was his birthday. Not only that, it was Flag Day. You know, I try and uh, I try and keep account of all of our holidays. Uh, you know, uh, just to stay abreast, and also, you know what? Uh, to be appreciative, memorable, and also memorable. Not excuse. I don't need to be memorable. But uh, these events should be memorable, right? Anyways, so anyways, that type of a thing, you know. Um, but I had family that came over yesterday, so it kind of changed a bit of my plans out for the rest of the day. However, you know, I was able to still do some stuff in the background. So 
If you're joining us live this evening or if you're joining us on a replay at a future event, you know, at a future time in the distance, it could be an hour from now, it could be uh, tomorrow, you know, um, I have actually included some fresh links. So if you're hanging out with us, particularly over at Rumble or over at Pill.net and Twitch, no, 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 not Twitch. No, sorry. I don't post the links over at Twitch. Twitch is its own kind of thing, right? But anyways, if you're over at Rumble, or if you're over at pill.net, the foxhole.app, uh, if you take a gander into the description box right beneath you, you'll see I've include I've refreshed the links for uh, all those interested in the work I'm doing here on the show, the C Report and beyond. And uh, I opened up a, well, I should, I don't mean a new one. It's not, actually, it's not new. I, I have a second dairy uh, rumble channel. Uh, so what we're doing there now, at least what I'm doing for those of you who are interested, uh, I provided a link to the secondary rumble channel down below. Now on that channel, for those of you who are subscribed or following, and for those of you who are future followers, um, I'll be posting clips of the C report over at that channel. Uh, I'm just, I'm just one of those like weird, like, like compartmentalization freaks when it comes to creativity. Right. So like, I like to keep all of my projects in a box, right. And, and their own little boxes. Okay. So anyways, you know, and also it's, it's kind of also for the audience and the viewerships, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's to assist them in those sensibilities because, you know, uh, Someone like me who's likely to put out like three or four different types of broadcasts or shows, you might not be interested in like the second or third show that I'm doing. You might only be interested in like one of the shows that I'm doing, like the C-Report, America First News and election fraud coverage. That's what we do here, right, at the C-Report. But, you, you you know, I used to do a show called See in the Dark where we talk about like conspiracy theories, like, you know, like Bigfoot, aliens, JFK, uh, the, the mob, all that stuff. Right. And, you know, that's not everyone's cup of tea. Right. You know, some people some people who are practical like me are like, you know, we've had we have such a hard time. Uh, you know, running up that hill and climbing up that mountain. Why make it harder for ourselves by talking about things like Bigfoot and Flat Earth, right? Anyway, so that's what that show was about, was seeing the dark, right? This is a show from the days of yore. Like new, uh, new audience members to this channel probably may not recognize that show. By the way, I would like to say a hello and a thank you to new followers over at Rumble, over at Twitch. You know, I actually thought Twitch was a ghost land for a minute, but we've actually had some new followers uh, joining over at Twitch. So uh, just, a, just a real quick welcome, a howdy do and a hello as I'm getting in today's show today. I've got a full show for you guys today, by the way. Today is a very, very full compact show. I don't know why I'm just, you know, speaking extemporaneously here at the moment. But um, what I did want to say, of course, is that, uh, you know, check out the other Rumble page. I'm posting videos that are uh, also um, that are also related to the stories that I do here on the C-Report. So, you know, the C-Report's my main vehicle here, right? You know, people have always been like, well, what's the C-Report, right? You know, well, I mean, my last name is Gossetus, so figure it out, right? Anyways, okay, so anyways, guys, you know, my last name starts with a C, so figure it out, right? So people are like, the Communist Report? No, just kidding. Anyways, I got a lot of stuff to talk about today, guys. So thanks for hanging out if you are still hanging out. Anyways, okay, so as I was saying, um, if you uh, if you follow the other Rumble page I've started for, it's just it's under the moniker of Mr. CTV. I don't feel like I really need to explain it, but you'll get clips of the C-Report. So if there's anything that you think that is worth of value 
coming out of my mouth that you would like to share, be it a point of view or actually be a news story? Because you guys know I actually cover the news stories here. We actually read the news stories here, kind of go through them and analyze them. And then I threw in my own two cents at the same time. Well, I'm clipping out, you know, I've been clipping out like, uh, you know, segments uh, that would be easier for audience members to digest and easier for audience members who want to share that information to others to digest. Uh, so there's that. But then also video clips that are very pertinent to the information that I share here on the C report. For example, two of the newest clips that I posted over at that Rumble page have to do with um, election fraud. They have to do with uh, the voting card and the voting machines, which is actually very relevant considering that one of the main stories that we'll be getting into today is the release, the final release of the J. Alexander Halderman report from 2016 in the state of Georgia. You know, the one that Stanky Abrams and all the Democrats wanted to get they could try and like hold like stolen elections against President Trump because, you know, he won in 2016. So they were going to need a way out. And so they wanted to use the machines as the way out. So they had this entire uh, this entire research panel. I guess they bought it. Right. They wanted to do it. And then they they, they decided to put the kibosh. Well, no, 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 I take it back. They didn't put the kibosh on DJ Alexanderman report. Alex Halderman report. Uh, what they did was, of course, the judge put a big old uh, silence label on it and didn't let anyone see it until now. So, you know, we're going to talk about that today. It's all very relevant, ladies and gentlemen. So simply what I am trying to tell you is if you are in the Rumble audience or if you are in the Pilled.net audience, just look at the links below. Click on the one that says uh, follow this link or whatever uh, to get uh, C, C report clips and other videos. Follow that one, guys, because I'll be posting there soon. Uh, I mean, I'll be posting more there soon. And then also, just so you guys are aware, because I do a lot of different live streams, um, there will be live streams that are not that are non-related to the C report that I'll be, uh, that I will be streaming over there. So, you know, I mean, it, it, I think the, uh, I think the uh, viewership will catch on on that channel eventually. For example, I'll probably be moving maybe book readings to that channel. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I, everything is in development here at the C report guys, as you know, this is still kind of like a fledgling operation. As far as operations go, now as far as insights go, I've been paying attention for 15 years at least, right? So anyways, guys, so we're going to talk Halderman Report today. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, oh, I got a few things on the menu. I, you know, I bet you you guys are probably very interested in that chat GPT thing that I put there. I was very surprised about that now. I'll give you guys just a little bit of a summary on that before we get into today's show. We got some President Trump truths I want to share. We're going to talk about, of course, his arraignment and indictment a little bit. We're going to talk about some truth social, uh, truth social things, sorry, about some, uh, yeah, yeah, some of President Trump's truth, et cetera. But, you know, that chat GPT thing, okay, I was, I was actually, I don't even know if I'm on, I'm the first on the alternatives to be sharing this, but chat GPT wrote a, a bro a Dr. Seuss inspired poem about the Federal Reserve. 
So for all of you guys out there who cannot deal with anticipation, right, and you you just hate suspense, then go ahead and go search it right now. But I'll be sharing with that you guys with the, I'll be sharing that with you all in a minute. I'm just glad to know that AI is against uh you know uh, debt slavery. Oh, 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 was that a spoiler alert? Yeah, AI is against AI, AI is it not crazy that AI, I mean maybe it shouldn't be crazy. But AI understands freaking debt slavery better than most people alive on this earth today and i'll just leave it there okay <laughs> anyways guys let me share this with you real quick because yesterday was president trump's birthday and um like last year for president trump's birthday i just like doing silly things right you know like last year i played a bunch of clips and birthday songs we did the whole Marilyn Monroe. Like I actually, I played the clip from Marilyn Monroe when she was singing to uh, JFK, "Happy Birthday, Mr. President." Anyways, um, I like to do things like that. It's fun for me. Um, this is something I want. I was going to share with you guys yesterday. I had found uh, on the internet. Okay, I mean, if you guys are following my Truth Social, or if you guys are following my Locals account, which if you have a Locals account. And you are an earshot of this broadcast. You know it's free to follow someone, right? Just because I'm on Locals doesn't mean you got to pay up, okay? So if you have a Locals account, you should probably be following uh, the cteam.locals.com so you can stay. And then, you know, I posted I posted a video yesterday, okay? But, I mean, I'd actually, I'd actually shared it. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it again. Okay. If you were following my truth social, if you were following my locals page and you saw the video, right, it was the help was saying happy birthday to president Trump. But, uh, this one was much, this one was funny. Okay. So take a look at this one. This is a video that I found, uh, when I was looking for things to, you know, acknowledge the birthday of my favorite president. I don't care if you don't like him, you can step off. Okay. If you don't like president Trump, just step off. Okay. Hey, you know what? I actually got haters coming out on rumble now on the rumble app that are coming up and they're being like, this is a stupid hater show. I'm like, all right. Okay. They're starting to pay attention. Anyways, check this one out, guys. This one's funny. I don't know. Some of you, maybe some of you guys saw this. It's from seven years ago. Okay. But I didn't find it last year, but I found it this year and I thought it was funny. So I want you to take a gander with me and then uh, we'll get into some business. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into some business. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I realize that I have played the video without volume, and now we will correct the situation, which is good because it froze. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> it's called the fancy of the...
Donald Trump, who turns 70, probably woke up some panics all the way from it. Known right wing group Hindu Sena and its leader Vishnu Gupta celebrated US Republican Party candidate Donald Trump's birthday at Jantar Mantar in India's national capital. Three tiered birthday cake, balloons, party caps, and songs. But the highlight were Trump's posters, including one showing Trump brandishing a gun. But one wonders why Trump has caught the fancy of this small group in Delhi. Turns out, Gupta and party are big fans of the outspoken and controversial American business baron. Here's an interaction with Gupta that anybody who has been following Trump shouldn't miss. We are making I have a permit, which is very unusual in New York, a permit to carry, and I do carry on occasion. Uh, sometimes a lot, but I like to be unpredictable so that people don't know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> No, no. Any I mean, doubt or any? No, no. I'm, I'm just not in favor of gaming. और सुप्रीम कोर्ट का भी यह फैसला अगर जो भी पेंडिंग चल रहा है और हम नहीं करेंगे यह गलत है भारतीय संस्कृति के खिलाफ है ऐसा नहीं हो सकता हम सिर्फ एक चीज का समर्थन कर रहे हैं वो है इस्लामिक कैरम अगर वो हमें मिलेंगे तो हम उनसे यही कहेंगे कि जो आपने वादा किया इस्लामिक टेरर का सफाया वो वहां पे भी करें और भारत भी इस्लामिक टेरर से बड़ा ग्रस्त है यहां पे भी जरा पड़ोसी मुल्क पाकिस्तान में जो आतंकी इस्लामिक है उनका भी सफाया करें ठीक है जी ओके धन्यवाद थैंक यू थैंक यू वेरी मच Okay, guys. Okay. I was laughing so much through that video that I don't even remember the finer points, but I just thought that was very funny. You know, like that, I mean, obviously that's a kind of, that's a kind of piece that they put on there. That's like, you know, it's like making fun of Trump, but it's also like, look at, to me, it's like, look at other people like, like him. <laughs>
<laughs> now, so this guy was celebrating President Trump's birthday because President Trump was going to wipe out uh, Islamic terrorism. So, hey, I mean, as you can see, guys, President Trump is loved around the world, right? <laughs> that was a really funny part, though. That was a really fun part where they're like, why did you choose the gun with, I mean, why did you choose the photo with President Trump and a gun? <laughs> and like, I don't know who Trump was hunting or what he was hunting. Like, what the heck? Anyways, okay. So that was funny. To me, that was funny. Thank you all for allowing me to share that with you guys uh, in lieu of yesterday's festivities. Okay, so now let's get down to some business. Let's get down to some business. I know you guys are looking for it. We're going to start today's episode off with some President Trump truths as per the usual, ladies and gentlemen. President Trump will be leading here at the Sea Report tonight. And I hope you all are enjoying this night of all nights. Let's go ahead and see what our first statement here on the board has to say from President Trump. Now, this one's coming from yesterday's uh, yesterday's moments. Uh, just after the arraignment, I guess, President Trump didn't say too much by way of his truth social. Um, yesterday after the arraignment, of course, we did have more activity coming out. Uh, since those hours, the uh, first thing that we had here was uh, from President Trump on his Truth Social account. Fake Tapper just demanded that his broadcast be closed down from Miami because there was far too much enthusiasm on the streets for Trump. The good news is he was the only one to do so. Perhaps a good explanation as to why CNN's ratings are so low. Um, I think the congruency between ratings in this nation, uh, the big media networks and uh, understanding how they uh, control and deceive the general public in general, ladies and gentlemen, is something that's uh, becoming more apparent. Um, it's, 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 it's far within the periphery of the, um, of the, uh, you know, the sleeping or the underinformed, at least I would say at this point. But uh, what do I know, ladies and gentlemen? I'm a little biased. I've been following him for quite some time. All right. Let's get to our next statement from President Trump. Uh, what is this the next one? Are we, did we skip one? No. It says, uh, really big fundraising, even bigger polls since the radical left indictment hoax was initiated by, oh, sorry, guys. Let me expand that for you. By the misfits, mutants. Oh, I'm glad he's calling them mutants now. Okay, yes, they're Morlocks, Mr. Trump. They are mutants. They are sub-basement dwellers who have all come out risking their very own uh, mor mortality to be in the sunlight just to bring you down, sir. Just to bring you down. They are mutants, misfits, Morlocks, Marxists, and communists. I've seen some of these people, guys. Like, I'm not talking about like like the pink hat wearing, purple haired, um, saggy breasted, um, obese women. I'm talking about like the Morlocks. Okay, I'm talking about the mutants and the misfits. You know, like those ones. You know, and that's interesting because, like, you know, well, there's a topic of conversation that will be. Uh, probably uh, resting upon here in the next uh, few episodes as such. But I've said it for a very long time that when we're talking about like these Antifa people, these woke people, these LGBT qua people, etc., you know, like <laughs> put on a bra and cut your hair, please. And you know what? You know what? 
uh, face care, skin care could also help you as well as maybe not playing so many night games, right? You know, anyways, that's, I'm just saying. President Trump, I think we're on the same wavelength. Okay, all right. Uh, now, uh, as a, a furtherance of his statement here, President Trump did also release this uh, via his Trump 2024 campaign, Make America Great Again. Isn't it crazy that in his 2016 campaign, he was making America great? Now, in 2020, I mean, America was a lot better. Actually, America was returning to greatness, right? You know, but it, it was kind of like keep America great, right? That's why that's why we had CAG versus MAGA, right? Uh, MAGA, right? So make America great again, not make America beholden to, you know, uh, uh, secret societies like Freemason fraternities who MAGA it up, right? No, we're talking about making America great again, not like the grand wizard of Freemasonry, okay? We're not talking about that MAGA, okay? We're talking about making America great again. We're talking about keeping America great, right? But isn't it crazy, like, just to finish my point, like, how in 2024, because the Biden regime destroyed all the good works that President Trump did between 2016, 17, and 2020, you know, that we literally have to make America great again. We literally have to make America great again, America, because uh, Biden has ruined it. Biden has soiled it. And while we know that Biden's butt is wiped, is America's? I doubt it because Biden is in charge, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm pretty sure he'd make sure his butt is clean before America's. So uh, this is the statement that President Trump had released in regards to this uh, fundraising. Now, you know, uh, places like the Washington Examiner are like, and Trump is, he's profiting from this, uh, you know, this indictment. Trump is, you know, he's made so many millions of dollars, right? That's what, that is the import. Uh, importance uh, of point that, uh, you know, uh, places like the Washington Examiner have to say. But uh, President Trump's like, you know what, we'll go ahead and we'll share the figures. So that this way, the mainstream, lamestream, the treasonous politicians, and the traitor turncoat media uh, actually, you know, are they really turncoat media if they've always been on the side of the Mockingbird, right? They've always been there. They've been there at least since, what, the 1950s? Let's be real, right? So they're not really traitors. They've just been covertly undermining us and uh, destroying us for the longest of time in the streams of information, right? So uh, President Trump was like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to release these numbers. I'm going to tell you how much the people support me. President Trump raises over $6.6 million and counting since deranged Jack Smith announced political prosecution. Don't you mean political persecution, uh, President Trump? I'm pretty sure Liz Harrington meant political persecution. From the halls of Bedminster, New Jersey, it is written, since deranged, Jack Smith took the unprecedented step of weaponizing the justice system to attack his political opponent, Donald J. Trump, for president 2024, has raised more than 6.6 million doll hairs in just a few short days. In a clear sign of the steadfast support President Donald J. Trump enjoys from grassroots patriots across the nation, over 4.5 million doll hairs has been raised from digital fundraising with an additional 2.1 raised at President Trump's event at Bedminster last night. 
The American people will not stand for this corrupt attempt to interfere in the 2024 election against the leading candidate for president who will demolish the deep state and finish the job of draining the swamp. Universal polling, both nationally and statewide, has shown President Trump holding insurmountable leads and is the only candidate who can beat Joe Biden in a general election. So let it be written. So let it be spoken. So let it be, ladies and gentlemen. I'm pretty sure there's not many people in this audience who would disagree, right? Unless they're nameless and faceless, right? Then maybe they'll disagree. But otherwise, I'm pretty sure you all would agree with that statement. Pretty sure. All right. Let's take a look at President Trump's next truth for this evening as we're moving steadily along here. President Trump says, so now that everyone understands that the Presidential Records Act plus the Clinton Sox case totally exonerated me from the continuing witch hunt brought on by corrupt Joe Biden, the DOJ, deranged Jack Smith, and their radical left Marxist thugs, when are they going to drop all charges against me? apologize and return everything that was illegally taken, Fourth Amendment, from my home. This was nothing other than an election interference hunt. Okay, so uh, I would definitely have to agree with that, President Trump. We're going to go ahead and we're going to like that. We're going to love it and we're going to retruth it. Um, Yeah. Some things to think about. Imagine the violations of the uh, Constitution and the Bill of Rights that came with this entire fiasco. I mean, this is this is the, this is where we're talking about like the point of disconnect between the establishment predator class and like the American people. You know that they think that they could actually do something like this and get away with it without it being um, even noticed by the general public. Do they think that we are that much of goldfish that we just simply do not even know, let alone remember anything about our rights and our liberties? Even those who are asleep, even those who are on the Democrat, or the other side of the uniparty aisle, right? Even those guys, like even them, I'm sure. At least by now, they must be feeling underestimated, undervalued, and underappreciated by their own party. At least I would think that they are. I certainly know that I am feeling that way. <laughs> of course, not in regards to democ Democrats. I'd say Democrats, but Democrats, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, who needs political parties? I mean, we can run our elections without political parties the same way we do today. Without political parties, it would make no difference. Anyways, think about it. Next truth and our final truth from President Trump. After going through a criminal investigation for two years by the district attorney's office in Westchester County, New York, it was just announced that the case has been dropped and no charges will be filed. This was the honorable thing to do in that I did nothing wrong. But where and when do I get my reputation back? When will the other fake cases against me be dropped? Election interference! I really do like and appreciate that President Trump is 
really sounding the alarm on election interference in regards to these stories, okay? In regards to these stories, um, the entire debacle around the Hunter Biden laptop, around Joe Biden getting the $5 million bribe from China, all that stuff, Ukraine, all that stuff, you know, that they have uh, that they have chosen by they, of course, I'm talking about the mainstream, lamestream, I'm talking about the deep state apparatus to include the mockingbirds and all of the likes, you know, all of those same people. Um, you know, they, they push, they push and 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 push, you know, they, they declare it's election interference when it's someone like Hillary Clinton, who's involved or Joe Biden, who's involved. Heck they blame people like Julian Assange, right? They're like, well, Julian Assange isn't engaging in election interference because he's spilling the beans on Hillary Clinton, but he's not spilling the beans on Donald Trump. What if there are no beans to spill? Free Julian Assange, ladies and gentlemen. What if there are no beans to spill? He said it himself. I've got nothing to report on Donald Trump, but you know, I got all this stuff on Hillary Clinton, right? You guys see, of course, I'm sure you guys can see, of course, how Obama and Clinton are starting to come back into the picture, right? I mean, these these are things that we've been holding down for the last five years, at least, you know, and, and there are those who've been holding it down longer, don't get me wrong, but for, you know, someone like me for at least the fi last five years, holding this down, waiting for the transgressions, the sins, the treasons of people like the Obama family and the Clinton family to come back into the light, to uh, once again uh, rise above, you know, the current and, and be in the spotlight. This is where this is going again. All of this is going back, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, people like Ron DeSantis should be careful. I don't think he cares. If he cared, he wouldn't even be doing what he's doing. But they should be careful because he's going to get wrapped up with the Bush family. I'm telling you, DeSantis is going to get wrapped up with the Bush family if he's not careful. Yeah, but you know what? That's always been who he was, though. You know, I wanted to talk about DeSantis. <laughs> I wanted to talk about DeSantis. So we'll put a pause on that. Real quick, just so you guys know what President Trump was talking about in that last statement, because, you know, people who don't have people who have like, you know, four or five, even one child and they've got two jobs and a, and a, and a uh, marriage they're trying to keep together may not uh, have the privy of, of, of uh, learning, researching, examining or reading, you know, everything that's going on. So, you know, you read that last statement from President Trump that they dropped the case, right? And if you're anything like me, I'm like, oh, they finally dropped, they, they dropped the case this soon, right? No, but he was not talking about the deranged Jack Smith case, okay? Actually, what he was talking about was a golf course case. It's Westchester County, New York, okay? Uh, so here it is. This is real quick, just so you guys can catch up on that uh, last statement from President Trump. Uh, exclusive Westchester DA dismisses, uh, shuts down the criminal investigation for Trump organization without any charges. So as you guys might recall, they were going after every last comma and semicolon and period and, and noun and verb, uh, that had to do with anything with president Trump's, um, uh, contracts and documents and, uh, income tax, uh, and tax files regarding his, um, golf courses, you know, there were like, what, three or four investigations going on at one time. 
in regards to his golf courses. So uh, the DA over in Westchester County shut down the criminal investigation, right? Look at this. I was innocent. We already knew you were innocent, President Trump. It's okay. You don't got to tell us. <laughs> okay. In a rare bit of good legal news. Oh, nice way to frame it. Business insider. This is a rare bit of good legal news, right? Okay. Well, I mean, I would say that's only because the mainstream lamestream, the Mockingbird, is always pushing negative stories that have no merit. But I guess that's what the wrap-up smear is all about, right, ladies and gentlemen? In a rare bit of good legal news for Donald Trump, the Westchester County District Attorney's Office has ended a criminal investigation into the Trump Organization without bringing any charges. District Attorney Mimi Roca closed the investigation earlier in June, the person said. Elliot Jacobson, a special prosecutor hired by Ruka, departed the office in late 2022. He found that the evidence collected in the investigation could not support criminal charges, regarded conduct outside the statute of limitations, or overlapped with investigations underway by other law enforcement officials, according to the source whose identity is known to insider, but who is not authorized to speak on the record. Much of the material came under the jurisdiction of the New York Attorney General's office. The district attorney's office can pursue only criminal cases, while the Attorney General's office has the power to bring civil lawsuits. Uh, New York Attorney General uh, Letitia Peekaboo James brought a blockbuster civil lawsuit against the Trump Organization in September, which is scheduled to go to trial this October. The district attorney's office in Westchester, a county north of New York City, opened the investigation two years ago. It examined whether the former president's family, their words not mine, business illegally misled authorities about the value of the Trump National Golf Club, Westchester, to pay lower property taxes. For years leading up to the criminal investigation, the village of Ossining had been entangled in civil litigation with the club over the property's true value and appropriate tax bill, court records reviewed by Insider Show. In 2021, the office subpoenaed a financial record from the golf course, according to the New York Times. In the three years since, public information about the investigation has been scarce. According to the person familiar with the case, the investigation scope eventually expanded into Donald Trump's personal contact in determining the golf club's valuation. Roca's office butted against other investigations into the Trump organization. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office had been looking at the company's finance for even longer, even going to the Supreme Court twice to obtain tax records. Manhattan prosecutors brought criminal charges against the company and then CFO Alan Weisselberg in the summer of 2021, alleging they falsified tax payroll tax records and won a trial last fall. In April, a district attorney brought another set of charges against Trump himself, alleging he broke the law by disguising hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. So you guys, these are all part of the witch hunts. You know, these are the peripheral witch hunts. You know, I mean, maybe not the Stormy Daniels one, right? That one was like pretty much front and center in the media. But like these tax valuation, property valuation, uh, witch hunts. I mean, they're going at him from every angle that they can muster. How many of us could stand up to that type of inspection? I know I couldn't. Alan Futerfoss. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is an interesting name. Alan Futterfoss. <laughs> 
Alan Futterfoss, an attorney presenting the Trump representing the Trump organization, declined to comment on the closure of the Westchester County investigation. Uh, this uh, this big prompt headline says the Westchester prop property is the subject of the New York Attorney General's civil lawsuit. Oh, Letitia Peekaboo James. We could have guessed. We don't need to go into the rest of this. If you guys were paying attention to the C report back when we first reported this, you guys know what it's all about. Uh, but to close the case and to close the story, it appears that uh, they've decided to go ahead and shut this case down. Okay, it says right here, in the spring, Westchester County prosecutors visited the office of the state attorney general, which does not have the power to bring criminal cases to review documents it obtained. It subsequently closed the investigation after deciding new criminal charges were not warranted. While the closure of the Westchester case means Trump has one less legal threat to worry about, of course, and as to be expected, there are many others on the horizon as he campaigns, campaigns, <laughs> not campaigns, but campaigns <laughs> to be the president in 2024. Okay, so I just wanted to share that with you guys on that last statement from President Trump, right, in regards to... Uh, uh, this um, case being closed. Oh, let's take a look at that real quick. What is that? What is? Let's take a look at that real quick. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? What are we looking at? I saw a photograph I wanted to see again. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Look at. Is this it? No, that's not it. People walking outside. Oh, that's Mar-a-Lago. No, 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 no. I'm not interested in Mar-a-Lago. Anyways, okay. Let's go and shut that one down. Bam. Okay. So just, just to update you guys on what's going on there in regards to that statement, that is what is up. Now, uh, the last, uh, well, not the last, not the final. It'll probably never be the final, probably never be the last. But one of the last stories I wanted to share with you guys here today about President Trump before we jump into other items on this evening's episode of The Sea Report. Again, thanks for being here. If you're enjoying today's episode, make sure you hit the like, the rumble button, smash that red pill and that repost button if you're hanging out over at pill.net. And uh, follow along for notifications if you'd like to know when I go live. All right, guys. So uh, we wanted to. Uh, this is one story I thought was very interesting. Now, when uh, President Trump had his arraignment on Tuesday, of course, we did an evening broadcast so we could do a watch party type of live stream of President Trump's post arraignment speech. And uh, there was a lot of things that were said by the president that I think were of note, ladies and gentlemen, in that speech. But again, you know, I go back to the point that we, um, we've we had several different political leaders in the past, um, some of which that we could trust or that we felt truly meshed with the grassroots and America first and we the people, etc., you know. But when we're talking about presidents and stuff like that, how many, if any, have we ever heard talking about the deep state, talking about the CIA as being corrupt? I mean, we could talk about JFK doing that stuff, but what about the deep state? What about the deep state? What about the globalists? What about talking about the New World Order? All of the uh, eugenicist type of uh, pogroms that have been running for over a century, you know, there, there's a certain line of rhetoric that we, 
don't get out of many of our political leaders, let alone our presidents, ladies and gentlemen. And again, you know, barring any of the Cambridge Analytica stuff that's coming out, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in some timeline, the Cambridge Analytica stuff only provided a speaking point, a foundation of rhetoric for someone like President Trump to um, resonate with the grassroots of America. I mean, that's a probability, guys. That's something that we Trump supporters, at least like myself, have not dug fully into. But there are those out there who know the true story and what's really going on with Cambridge Analytica, Steve Bannon, President Trump and all of that stuff. Right. There are, there are a few people who know what the score is, okay? I might not know what the score is, okay? I might not have dug into it. And, and it could very well be true that through Cambridge Analytica, the Trump administration of 2015-16, the campaign, learned the language that would most resonate with the grassroots of America. I mean, that's what the Cambridge Analytica scandal was all about, ladies and gentlemen. But... Do you do we hear any other presidents who can actually use the rhetoric of I'm going to bring down the deep state. I'm going to drain the swamp. We're going to take out the globalists. Uh, America first will be our credo, you know, nationalism, not globalism. Right. I mean, that's that's the grassroots right there. That's been the grassroots at least since the 60s and 70s you know, at least since the 60s and 70s. So while Cambridge Analytica could have given, like, say, for example, if President Trump's administration really is a deep state operation, right? Um, you know, it, it serves to, it serves, it serves to stand that uh, the Cambridge Analytica thing, uh, hack of the uh, Facebook uh, conservative information base, so that this way President Trump's administration would know what rhetoric to use in order to get to the base to him, the grassroots to support him. You guys, uh, you guys have heard about this. Has anyone heard about this? Okay. Has anyone heard about this? Right. You know, so I would say like, yeah, while it's probable that like, you know, when Steve Bannon was over at Cambridge Analytica and they were scalping or buying, you know, Facebook uh, conservative uh, um, um, data information and meta information. So this way they would know what kind of language to use. That's what international, that's what uh, internet interactive activity is. Right, guys. Are we there? Are we on the same page with what I'm about to talk about? Okay. Like, are we on the same page? You know? Like that's what it's all. That's what internet interactive activity is. They they go and they scalp your data. They figure out what makes you tick, and then they put out you know political campaigns that you will either vie with or you will you will you will jive with, right? That you will jive with or you will vie with. And if you vie with them, you're going to go take to the streets. That's what they want. Okay, you know. So I mean, it does it does not it does not like it's it does not leave me that the entire thing could be a total farce, right? Because they use the Cambridge Analytica information in order to get this sacred and coveted grassroots point of view, okay? But again, when we're talking about your everyday politicians who are very status quo, right? And we talk about their rhetoric. Okay, what do we say? Don't look at their words. You can't see their words. All you can do is hear and believe their words. Look at their actions. Okay, look at their actions. That's why we got a lot of jackasses out there who will come at me and they'll be like, well, you're like a, you're like a Putin panty boy. And I'm like, 
All I did was look at his actions and his words and compared them versus the other side of the story, their actions versus their words. And guess what? It's not my fault Putin's actions matched his rhetoric more than the West's, is it? No, it's not. So don't hold that against me, right? Now, same thing with President Trump when we're talking about, oh, President Trump could have used Cambridge Analytica just to get the base's uh, point of view and then to resonate with them so they would vote for him. Uh, internet interactive activities, that's part of, that's not all of it. Obviously, that's a very, that's a piece of it. That's a piece of the puzzle, okay? It's not the whole thing, what I'm saying right now. It's a piece of the puzzle, okay? So, you know, I mean, but 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 again, words versus action, America. Words versus action. Okay. Now, yeah, it's true that Cambridge Analytica could have scalped all of the Facebook users for their grassroots perspective so that this way the Trump campaign would know exactly what words, key phrases, and points of view to really zero in on. But then take a look at his actions. Okay. Maybe scalping that data from Facebook users might have helped his campaign. So this way he knew what key phrases, what words, you know, what ideas would capture the base. But did his actions betray those words, ladies and gentlemen? Did President Trump's actions when he was optically in office, um, performing his public duty, were they, ladies and gentlemen, counter to his rhetoric? His actions matched his rhetoric, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's what I saw, okay? Now, of course, there's going to be that minutia, and maybe that minutia is the most prevalent in uh, in, in, in discerning what, what side this man is really on for some individuals out there, okay? In other words, for some individuals, the minutia is so important. And don't get me wrong. We know the devil sleeps in the details. It lives and thrives in the details, ladies and gentlemen. So we know we need to look at the details. Don't get me wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong. Paranoia, at least slightly, is a very, very healthy symptom of patriotism, right? You know, we need to keep our head on a swivel at all times, regardless of who it is that we trust. You know, and that's not that's not to diminish faith in our brothers and sisters. That's just to be realistic. OK, because as free moral agents, ladies and gentlemen. We can do whatever if we can do whatever we please, and that just stands to reason. OK, it's healthy to have a question. Right. But President Trump's his actions were in line with his with his words. OK, I wouldn't even say rhetoric. You know, when he says, I love America, God bless America, it doesn't sound like rhetoric to me, not coming from him. Okay, it doesn't sound like rhetoric to me. It doesn't sound like empty words, ladies and gentlemen, not to me. But anyways, so, you know, as I'm saying, um, President Trump, um, in his speech post arraignment on Tuesday, uh, we saw it here on the channel, we broadcasted it, uh, said a lot of things, you know. But one thing, and the reason why I'm going on this point so much is because one thing I did want to present to you all, again, he said something that we never hear from presidents, let alone politicians, right? And I don't think I've ever heard any other president except the closest we can get to this is Eisenhower when he said, beware the military industrial complex. 
The closest we can get to this is JFK when he said that uh, secret societies um, are repugnant <coughs> in our in in America. The closest we this is the next closest thing. I've never seen any other president say anything like this, but President Trump said this on Tuesday. And uh, RSBN, a right side broadcasting news network, they pointed this out in an article on their website. Trump calls out weaponized federal agencies for waging illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people. Now, if enough of uh, enough individuals out there focus on that headline, do you understand that this is another this is another quadrant of the puzzle that will open up for the rest of the sleeping Americans out there, for the people who are low information, no information, sleeping? They've never heard a term like psychological warfare before. You know, you know, they all know what false flags are now. You guys know how. OK, for those of you who like to call them normies, I think that the term normies is pejorative and diminishing. And I don't I don't. This is just me. OK, I'm not I'm not judging those who call people normies. I'm not judging you guys. I'm just saying to me, it's diminishing and pejorative to call my brothers and sisters in this world normies just because they don't share my political point of view. But you guys know that they know what false flags are now. They know what the Federal Reserve Central Bank is now. Okay, at least um, a, a bigger percentage of them understand that now than they did in the past. Now President Trump has offered them... An, what happened when President Trump said ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? The normies had no idea what that was until he said something. Think about how many normies out there, since we're so better than them, right? How many normies out there uh, find uh, have ever heard of the term psychological warfare, okay? This is huge, guys. This is a point of awakening for people. Just like false flags was a point. That's there. That's the cognitive dissidence. False flags. Governments commit false flags. What? You know, cognitive dissidence. Here's another one. Psychological warfare. He said it, ladies and gentlemen. This is not something you hear your typical NWO uh, predator, you know, class president saying. Okay, this is not something you hear them saying. Now, tell me. His uh, that his actions are not going to match his rhetoric on this one. Okay, you know I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay, I'll wait on that one. I'll wait for you naysayers out there to prove to me that his actions are not going to match his rhetoric when he says uh, and calls out this psychological um, warfare, these campaigns illegal. Okay, the problem became legal in 2013 because of the 2012 NDAA, okay? It became legal in 2013. Okay, so I'm not stepping out of bounds, I think, when I am making these assessments on articles like this, talking about psychological warfare and introducing that to the rest of this nation. Do you think these people know what the heck PSYOP is? I doubt it. Do you think that they have any clue what specialized warfare is uh, the stuff that we're going through right now, guys. Anyways, article says here, President Donald Trump scorched the Biden administration and the weaponized federal agencies that have infected the morale integrity of the United States during the remarks made post arraignment on Tuesday night in Bedminster, New Jersey. President Trump accused weaponized agencies of waging illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people, much as they would try to destabilize a foreign country, because that's how they do it. Go back and watch Shadowgate, ladies and gentlemen. 
How many of you guys have seen Shadowgate, the documentary? Because all of this stuff was included in that documentary back in 2020, August, okay? Like, ladies and gentlemen, it's been out there. What, I mean, you know? So anyways, okay, so it says here, he pulled no punches, slamming the tyrannical Biden regime for spurring on the serious decline of America, warning everyone that the seal of prosecution had been broken on what they were willing to do to remove their political opponent. President Trump said, today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. President Trump promised supporters that he would name a special prosecutor as president again, uh, once president again, who would investigate the corruption of the Biden family. President Trump said, I will totally obliterate the deep state, the communists, and we know who they are. I know exactly who they are. President Trump concluded, they want to take away my freedom because they know I will never let them take away your freedom. They want to silence me because they know I will never let you be silenced. And I am the only one that can save this nation. Uh, because you know they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I just happen to be in the way. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. I have a swamp creature on the screen. Okay. <laughs> it's wrong to sanctimonious, ladies and gentlemen. Wrong to sanctimonious. Uh, real quick, I was just going to pop in and say hello. I got a, I got Aurelius Lock hanging out over at... I got to see what Aurelius is. Aurelius is one of my mods. Okay, he says, Normies is not a slander. <laughs> it refers to those that live their lives without paying attention to politics world happenings etc ignorance by lifestyle i can definitely 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 accept that point of view mr aurelius definitely i just you know i just don't like to i just don't like to put myself above the crowd just because i pay attention <laughs> let me say hello real quick also to those hanging out over at uh pill.net and the foxhole thanks for being here guys i saw some gold pills were coming in I thought I just might say hello real quick because I've been uh, I've just been uh, kind of going at it here. Twin Criers hanging out. Victoria's hanging out. Good pre-evening Patriots, says Victoria Raven 2000. Java's in the house. Hey, Java, what's up? Just busting in like a Kramer. How you doing tonight, sir? Good to see you guys. Uh, glad you guys are hanging out, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for gifting the can, Victoria. How did you know I was thirsty? <laughs> Yes, Java says that's the first case of many to be dropped. Hopefully, I would have to uh, definitely uh, agree with that, dear friend. Empress Beach to you is hanging out as well. 
Empress says, Burisma accountant slash whistleblower. Oh, no, was found dead. That's, uh, well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't break news on my show. But uh, Empress Beach to you definitely does. Oh, that's that's not good. Um, I would like say we need to pull that one up right now. Uh, but we'll figure it out. If not, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Victoria says, um, story is still waiting to be confirmed. I hope not. Okay, so that's good. Hopefully it's not confirmed then in that case. Hey, Sean Joe, what's up? We've got members of the C team hanging out tonight over at pill.net slash the foxhole.app. Don't forget, you too can join the C team. And uh, you can hang out with us live on our Sunday night C streams where you can get uh, that which will not make it to the C report like the stories we're talking tonight and then some. Uh, Raven 2000 says, I used Cambridge Analytica app for Ted Cruz's campaign and then Trump apparently used it. Yeah, you know, we should do a dive into Cambridge Analytica again. I mean, I know for some the topic of Cambridge is probably a little bit overdone, uh, but you guys are aware that there was, you know, Raven 2000, for example. Uh, I don't know if you were aware that there was a class action lawsuit with Cambridge Analytica. And if you used Cambridge Analytica for Ted Cruz and Trump, you probably qualify for that. I'm not going to sign up for it because I I mean, I haven't looked into it, but I have this big feeling that um, if I were to uh, go along with the class action lawsuit, that I would not be able to speak about Cambridge Analytica anymore. And there are a lot of things going on with that uh, particular entity that I think still is relevant today. Perhaps I'll dig into it a little bit more at some point, but uh, Tam Growl, what's going on? Oh no, Tam Growl says, um, we have tornadoes on the ground. Oh, watch us. You need to be careful, Tam Growl, okay? Do not sacrifice your livelihood and your well-being just to watch this show and get good signal. <laughs> By the way, say hello to your family and I hope you all are being safe. Okay. Uh, Bubbles is in the house as well tonight, hanging out in the background. Glad you're with us tonight, Bubbles. Good to see you again. As per always, I know, Sean Joe, I feel the same way about tornadoes. Like, the open ocean and tornadoes, I think, are probably two things that terrify me the most in my life. And, you know, I think I could deal with a hurricane, okay? Because at least with hurricanes, you don't see them coming, right? With a tornado, you can see that thing coming, so. I used to be so terrified of tornadoes. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you again for the cookie. You guys are so um, so sweet tonight, tossing your cookies this way. Thanks again, guys. All right, we need a we need yeah, Victoria on that cookie. Uh, we got to jump back into tonight's show before we get too long. Thanks, guys, again for being here this evening. What did you put Java Descanctus? I haven't heard that one yet. All right. Who came up with Descanctus first, guys? <laughs> the wings sound great. Okay. Okay, guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. All right. Don't forget, we also have links down below at Pilled and at Rumble for the, I'm going to say brand new channel for now, right? Brand new channel where you can get uh, clips of the C-Report. That's right. If you are if you are active on the social media streams, ladies and gentlemen, you can share digestible clips of the C-Report and my pontifications and story sharings uh, by following the link to the Rumble page below. Just look down below and you guys will find it there. Go ahead and follow it along. 
my heart will be broken if I don't get at least one new follower on that channel before the end of tonight's show. Okay, let's go ahead and continue. You guys are probably wondering why I've got Ron DeSynchdemonious on the screen. It's because he's a traitor, ladies and gentlemen. I don't need to say much more than that. I mean... I just, you know, the whole thing here with Ron DeSantis is it's a lesson in discernment and in trust, loyalty, and I don't know. To me, I mean, I do know. Don't get me wrong. That's why his face is on the screen. I do know. But what I'm saying is for all of the patriots out there and all of the Americans, all of the humans who are anywhere concerned with freedom, liberty, human rights, right? You know, I mean, it's like, we're not, we're not in, we're not in arena of politics as usual anymore. I mean, everyone gets that, right? I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure decades past, years past, you know, even, even, even people in my audience, even myself, right? We've all we've all come across that point in time where we're like this is it, this is the moment. I'm sure it is. It, there can be no other moment. Everything is just you know uh, moving in that direction. The synergy of all points is just accumulating to this one moment where we finally you know restore our republic. We jail these bastards. You know we get our government back. The people become the nation that they are supposed to be again. Like, yeah. How many of you have had that moment in your life up to this point? At least once, you know, at least once, right? Like where it feels like all the energy is converging to a point that there's going to be a change no matter what. And then what happens? Joe Biden gets, uh, gets to be the president. The, uh, the U S military does not drop down out of the sky on inauguration day and arrest him and lady Gaga and Garth Brooks, by the way, guys, you guys are finally going to start to boycott Garth Brooks. Really? You guys didn't figure it out when he was singing the national anthem against J Lo, uh, up, up, uh, um, next to J Lo and lady Gaga that he was kind of on their side. Really guys, it took you that long to figure out that his spurs don't jingle, jingle, jingle. Right. And that his cowboy hats, maybe not that real anyways. Okay. Maybe we just have more faith and hope in humanity than we let on, which I will totally take. Okay, I'll accept that, guys. If you guys didn't realize that Garth Brooks is a traitor to this nation, I will accept it's because we all believe and have faith in humanity. But that's besides the point, okay? The point of the matter here is that it's interesting that it does, to me at least, feel like we are at that point. You know, President Trump said in recent speeches that 2024 is it. Carrie Lake has said 2024 is it. This is the this is the final showdown. You know, this is that, ladies and gentlemen. And and, you know, even though in the past I've had moments where it felt like we were finally there, I got to say. It's never felt like we were there more so than it is now today. So as to say that we cannot use the cover of it's politics as usual. We cannot use the cover of I'm going to 
vote for the less of two evils. No, it's black and white and it's staring us in our faces today. And even though I am not one to believe in absolutes full-heartedly, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes down to rhetoric versus action, when it comes down to track record, the only one who has it is President Trump. He's the only one whose rhetoric matches his actions. He's the only one whose track record stands. Look at someone like Ron DeSanctimonious. Look at someone like Ron DeSantis, right? Whose actions don't always match his rhetoric whose true origins, maybe not the origins of his name and maybe not the origins of where the hell he came from or what sorority or fraternity he was a part of in the past, right? Or or how many people he tortured by sticking a rubber tube up their butt and forcing them to eat, you know, uh, Fruit Loops. Like, maybe we don't know all that, right? But we know who backs him. We know who supports him. We know he's got the Bush's support. We know he has Paul Ryan's support. We know people who support him go to the World Economic Forum meetings. We know the people who support him meet with United Nations, all that kind of stuff, guys. And, you know, that's where we're saying, you know, maybe it is just the fact that the bullhorn of the mainstream, lamestream, and all of their propagandist influencers, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the small time ones, not the ones who have over 10,000, right? Not the ones who have over a hundred thousand then, right? A hundred thousand, right? All right. So this way they don't all turn on me. <laughs> but you know, and the and the in, all of them guys. I mean, they are there just to destroy this nation under the guise of deception. The subterfuge of stringing you guys on along on political party lines. That's why the political parties are there so that they can string us along on their lines and we'll never get outside of those boundaries because uh, we can't think outside of the box, ladies and gentlemen. We can't think outside of the box. I mean, at this point, maybe it is because, maybe it is because the bullhorn of the deep state and the globalist apparatus is so loud and powerful that I cannot see, that the American people can see right through Ron DeSantis and the Ron DeSantis media and the Ron DeSantis influencers, right? The ones who are like like the Pete, the Stu Peters and the Washington examiners of the world, right? Those guys who are who I mean, I mean, let's get it straight. I mean, I think it's pretty ridiculous. You know, I mean, when it came to Stu Peters and this whole like COVID-19 shark artist butthole relationship, like I was like, okay, Stu, you're showing your true colors, right? You know? And now we've got this whole like Trump vaccine thing. And I'm like, Stu, really? I mean, you look like the court gesture with that straight uh, collar that you wear. Right. But now you look like uh, now you look like an asshole, too. You know, like, <laughs> and especially because he's got that's the angle. OK, is that what he used Dr. Artist for? I don't care, guys. I still think that's I, I don't care if you find King Cobra. Inside, I don't care if you find like Darth Vader inside of a bottle of COVID-19. I still think they're both fakes, Dr. Artist and Stu Peters. I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm not going to. I'm not sorry. I don't care. I am not sorry. That's bullshit. Okay. And what What was, What? why did Stu Peters push Dr. Artist, huh? 
so that this way he could tell uh, President Trump's base that you need to follow me, the court gesture with the straight collar tie, so that this way we can fall off the cliff together with the rest of the swine demons who are going to go against the republic and 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 going to go against restoring it. Is that why he chose to have Dr. Artis on his show? So that this way that this way it would be culminative, right? He's like, well, I already got them on my side because I talk about Jesus in the Bible. He's like, I quote scripture. So I got the ones he's like, I got the conservatives. And I'm sorry if you guys don't want to hear this, but you have to hear it. Okay. So like Stu Peters is like, I'm going to get the conservative Republican Trump supporters who are real big Bible pushers. And I'm going to start quoting scripture. And I'm going to get them on my side. And then I'm going to start talking about COVID and the devil and demons and snakes. And I'm going to incorporate that into the scriptures. I'm going to pull them onto my side. Do you see these false prophets? Okay. You know what? You guys, you know what I say? The Bible says that you, you would rather put a millstone around your neck than defile a young one. You know what I say? How about the spiritually young? How about the ones who are young when it comes to waking up to politics? How about the young red pill ones? Are those not the ones that we should throw the millstones around the fucking vipers who are fucking deceiving them? I think that those ones count as the young as well. And I do apologize for dropping some F-bombs right here, but that's exactly how I feel. We cannot say that the young ones... Okay, because when it comes to waking up, they can still be corrupted. They can still be stumbled, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we got assholes like Stu Peters doing right now, quoting Bible scriptures and then uh, turn and tail and turn and coat, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? For my normie brothers and sisters who are just waking up, they are the young ones that should not be defiled. And people like Stu Peters should have a millstone thrown around his neck for defiling them and for throwing them off the edge and, and for deceiving them and stumbling them, ladies and gentlemen. That's the analogy to the Bible that I will relate to to today. Because information is just as precious to those who are waking up and who are just born to it as those children who are being trafficked across this nation and across this world. And they are just as precious, ladies and gentlemen. And those who stumble them deserve the same millstones that defile the children, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to waking up to the truth of the matter. And that's just the way I feel. I said my piece. Amen. Okay. All right. So Ron DeSantis, right? I didn't have a whole lot to stick on to with Ron DeSantis tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But you know, some headlines, DeSantis silent as Vivek calls on GOP candidates to sign his pledge to pardon Trump. Dang, guys, talk about calling out traitor assholes. Okay. Thank you, Vivek Ramaswamy, whom I do not I would never vote for the man, right? I mean, isn't he related to the World Economic Forum? I don't know. Here's another headline that we had. Oh, wait, this isn't a headline. Where's the headline? Oh, here's the headline. Here was another headline. Top DeSantis Paul, a uh, backer, Paul Ryan. Okay. I mean, like for, I mean, you guys notice, right? That all the people who were backing Ron DeSantis are kind of like not backing him anymore. Let's see how much longer the Washington Examiner does puff pieces on him, right? Let's see how much longer all of the people who turned on Trump when he did his NFT cards and were voting, were going for DeSantis when he did that. Let's see how much of them come back on top of, uh, how much of them are going to abandon Ron DeSantis, huh? It's because people like me, real people, people who are not on contract, people who don't have a dog in the fight except my own fight, right? Okay. Because we're going to be saying this stuff that's true. So that all the people who want to turn on President Trump, the only one who has a track record, the only one whose rhetoric matches his actions ever in my lifetime, 
they can start to be like, oh, snap. They noticed that we're traitors and we're on contract and that we're just here to deceive the people. We're just here to prolong the entire situation so that whatever situations are going on can be uh, happening, ladies and gentlemen, can be happening. So uh, top DeSantis backer Paul Ryan says he's not. I don't care what Paul Ryan says. We're not even going to read this article. I just want you guys to know that one of the biggest rhinos in American history, good old blue eyes himself, Paul Ryan, you know, the one who's best friends with the rhino speaker of the house in Wisconsin, whose name is Robin Voss, that they back, you know, the fake influencer. Oh, no, they're influencers. The fake Trump supporter influencers, Ron DeSantis, right? I mean, don't these people understand that their audience understands that uh, if you got some rhinos supporting you, you're probably not the man for the job, right? You think that these people would understand that, but they are counting on the majority of us to be stupid and not paying attention, stupid and not paying attention. Uh, I wanted to share this article with you guys from the Epic Times so we could kind of get a consensus on the way that the other establishment Republican rhinos are. I mean, at this point, I get it. It seems like people like Nikki Haley, Ramaswamy, especially Ramaswamy, are pushing to get the VP like role. Like I didn't, I didn't, I know, I don't know about the whole electoral thingamajigger. Like, I don't know, like if I want to be the vice president to the president, I need to run for president, right? That's not in, that's not, <laughs> that's not in my purview, right? So, you know, you got people out there saying things like, well, you know, the people who are running for president right now, they just want to be the vice president. And that's why they're running for president. So I could see where Ramaswamy could be in that category. I mean, look at what he did. He put Ron DeSantis to shame in his own state, ladies and gentlemen, in his own state. So anyways, uh, the Epic Times compiled this article that talked about the responses uh, from the other GOP contenders for the uh, president's office. Um, so uh, let's take a look at this real quick so we can get some perspective on what was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, it says Ramaswamy was the only Republican candidate who uh, to go to Miami to defend uh, Donald Trump, saying that the Department of Justice is engaging in uh, police state style tactics by arresting Trump. In an appearance in front of the Miami courthouse, Ramaswamy mounted a defense of Trump and said that it would be a lot easier for me as a Republican candidate if Donald Trump were not in it. But I do not want to win this election, unlike others, by eliminating our competition by a federal administration police state arresting my opponents. Now, I'm not being cynical, ladies and gentlemen, but I would say if anyone's going to be the contender for President Trump's vice president, uh, just based out of the presidential candidate field, <laughs> Ramaswamy would be the top contender. Uh, there's another contender we'll talk about in just a sec. OK, the businessman turned candidate then alleged that the GOP donor class told you mean the predator class? the predator elite class, right? Told every Republican candidate and telling us to stay away from this. I refuse to abide by being a disciple of the donor class. Go for good for you, Ramaswamy. I would never vote for you for president, Ramaswamy. But let me tell you what, I appreciate your finer points. They're very noble. President Trump says after Trump, I mean, President Trump, the article says after Trump's arrest, uh, oh, are we talking about Elder now? Okay. 
<laughs> Larry Elder. Okay. We're talking about, you guys know who Larry Elder is, right? Of California. He ran against Gavin Newsom and did nothing to challenge the fraudulent uh, recall. Says, who unsuccessfully ran? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, actually, the article reminded me, you guys for me. I didn't have to do that myself. Okay. <laughs> After Trump's arrest, Larry Elder, who unsuccessfully ran for governor against Governor Gavin and Gruesome Newsom in his recall election, told Fox News that if he's elected, I would instruct my attorney general to drop the politically motivated charges against Trump. Is, is Larry Elder running for president again also or what? <laughs> Come on. Anyways, it says uh, Larry Elder said, I can tell you that it is deeply disturbing that Hillary Clinton was not charged for her blatant violation of the Espionage Act when she destroyed her private email server. Uh, and um, <clears throat> why is the special counsel investigation into President Biden's uh, mishandling of classified documents taking so much longer than the investigation of Trump? As for DeSantis, both the government and his uh, team have largely remained silent on Trump's arrest. Over the past week, DeSantis suggested there's a double standard at play. Oh, did he suggest that, right? But I, I would say DeSantis probably agreed with Jack Smith that there is no double standard. But that's just me. I'm biased. Don't listen to me on that regard. It says So this is what DeSantis said. DeSantis said, I think there's ne there needs to be one standard of justice in this country. Let's enforce it on everybody and make sure we will all know the rules. You cannot have one faction of society weaponizing the power of the state against factions that it does not like. And that's what you see. And he said that. DeSantis said that during a speech uh, in North Carolina. But DeSantis also said that if I would have taken classified documents to my apartment, I would have been court-martialed in a New York minute. Yeah, but were you the president, DeSantis? Or are you talking about all the guys that you stuffed rubber tubes up their butthole? That's what I would like to know. Um, DeSantis says, former vice president, oh wait, DeSantis does not say this. The article says this. Former vice president Mike Pence, uh, former UN ambassador Nikki Haley and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina signaled they are now willing to criticize President Trump after his arrest. For instance, uh, trader uh, Tim Scott told reporters that the DOJ indictment against Trump is a serious case with serious allegations. And uh, Nikki Haley called Trump reckless, while uh, Mike Pence said that he cannot defend what the indictment alleged Trump did with classified documents. Uh, the traitor Pence also went on to say, I cannot defend what is alleged, but the president is entitled to his day in court. He's entitled to bring a defense and I want to serve judgment. I want to reserve judgment until he has the opportunity to respond, which is bullshit and a cop out, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's as much as a cop-out as... Vi I mean, you know what? Apparently, Mike Pence has no ground on any type of understanding or, you know, any document having to do with this. Apparently, Mike Pence has no backbone because he cannot make a mind up for himself. He cannot look at the facts of this case and make an opinion. He has to wait and see what the jury and the media is going to say before he can make a decision about where he stands. Who needs a president like that, ladies and gentlemen? Who needs a president that cannot make up his own mind? Oh, wait, 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 wait. We've had one selected for us, and his name is Joe Biden. So I'm pretty sure we all know what that looks like now. And I'm pretty sure we can all move on from that point, right? 
I'm pretty sure. So I think I got like one more DeSantis story. This one had come up today. Uh, this is from the pages of the National File. DeSantis transfers over $80 million from governor coffers to presidential campaign. Uh, so let's take a look at this. This is something that I think, I, I mean, it, it it kind of just broke really today, really. And uh, they're, you know, Ron DeSantis is a Bush guy. Ron DeSantis is backed by the establishment and some pretty hard rhinos. Let's see if we can take him out too. Let's see, what does this article have to say? Ron DeSantis is moving millions of dollars into his presidential campaign fund. Dollars that Americans did not donate for him to run for president. So here's the question. Is this a campaign violation? Because where you might have had donors who support Trump, who donated to DeSantis to be governor, now the money that he received to be governor, he's shifting into his campaign to beat Trump. So you guys can probably understand where the conflict of interest comes in here. When the people who are supporting Trump might not want to support DeSantis as president, right? It says here, are you a Trump supporter who gave Ron DeSantis Empower Parents Pack, believing your money would be used in the 2022 Florida governor's election? Chances are you actually donated to the Ron DeSantis presidential campaign. Campaign records released this week show Ron DeSantis Empower Parents PAC, which was meant to be a 2022 re-election arm for the Florida governor, donated over $80 million to Ron DeSantis. Never back down. This uh, campaign slogan was made by Jeb Bush, right? What a freaking lame campaign. Never back down. Who does he think he is? Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Oh, wait, I forgot. The Bush campaign had Ron DeSantis do a Tom Cruise lame-ass Top Gun campaign commercial in the past. Yeah, DeSantis, if you have someone like Jeb Bush running your campaign, it's going to be game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so it says here now. It says here now that uh, the, DeSant uh, the second to last line. On the newly released Empower Parents Pack records show the pack donated $82 million to Ron DeSantis Never Back Down from Jeb Bush's lame campaign slogan, Incorporated. Laura Loomer, a known Zionist, called on 2022 donors to the Empower Parents Pack to ask for their donations back, tweeting, donors who gave to Ron DeSantis money, <laughs> DeSantis money? Okay, Loomer, I'll give you that one. Donors who gave uh, at Ron DeSanctimony uh, for his gubernatorial re-election should ask his treasurer for refunds. This is fraudulent fundraising tactics. DeSantis solicited over $100 million in campaign donations that were left over after his 2022 re-election. And now he's using that money to go after President Trump. $82.5 million was just transferred from DeSantis's gubernatorial committee to his presidential pact. Beyond shady and unethical. Zionist Loomer also suggested 2022 donors should sue Empower Parents Pack for misuse of funds. Zionist Loomer's tweet went on to read, Trump voters who donated to Governor Ron DeSantis for 2022 should file a lawsuit against Ron DeSantis for fraudulent fundraising tactics and should immediately ask for a refund. 
If enough people ask him for refunds, his donor platform will shut him down for fraud. Fundraising platforms only tolerate so many requests for refunds before they drop clients. CC at WinRed. This is financial fraud. And everyone who supports Trump, who, who was misled into donating to DeSantis under the impression that he intended to serve a full second term as Florida governor and intended to use those funds only for his gubernatorial election, should get their money back. And they should sue DeSantis for fraud. He lied to donors so he could raise money and then use it against Donald Trump. Excellent work, Zionist Loomer. Polling show Trump's lead over DeSantis has only grown larger since DeSantis' presidential announcement, which was also a flop, which we all remember, which was a great, great television. You know, AI is funny, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's uh, take a look at our next story. You got, we got, we, this is okay. Okay, for all of you guys who thought I already finished talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, that's not Vivek Ramaswamy on the screen, guys. Stop being racist, okay? Tam Grawl says, is that legal? That's the question that everyone's asking right now in regards to DeSantis' move. I can tell you for a fact, if I actually believed in Greg Abbott, um, don't get me wrong, I voted for him. Uh, this last time I didn't vote for, I did not vote Abbott in the primaries, but you know, he was the selected candidate. So I did vote for him in the general. But if I believe that Abbott was, um, you know, uh, to, if I believe that Abbott was the good, the best governor, and I want him to be governor and stay governor and I donated money to him. And then, you know, months into you know, my new governor, his new governorship, he decided to run for president. And I was like, no, Abbott, you're not good for president. You're only good for governor. I would feel the same way, Tam Growl. I, I would feel very much like I should get my money back in that. I would feel like maybe that is illegal because, I mean, if anything, it is dishonest. OK, if anything, it is for sure dishonest. But I'm sure the FEC will decide whether or not those were illegal moves made on his part. Right. <laughs> Tam Grell says, who watches Stu? I've watched him, but I'm not a follower. <laughs> I know who watches Stu anyways. Okay. Tam Grell, always Garth. Okay. <laughs> we are in the great unsealing. This is the time of revelation, Sean Joe. I'm sure you would agree. I am sure you would agree. Hey, good to see you, Victoria. Victoria says, I used to really like Elder until he cucked out with Newsom. I'm on the same boat with you exactly right there, Victoria. I'm exactly right there. I liked him and he cucked out with Newsom. Like, he did. That They all did, guys. A lot of these people did. Raven2000 says, Elder is a rhino. Indeed he is, guys. Indeed he is. Okay, guys. All right, let's get back into this now. Like I said, this is not Vivek Ramaswamy on the screen. This is actually Dr. Shiva Ayudari. And those of you who have been following election fraud stories and who have been following the show also probably already knew that. Okay. <laughs> All of you guys are probably like, well, why do you got Dr. on the screen for Mr. C? That's not Vivek. 
Okay, now here's the only reason why I have uh, Dr. Uh, Ayudari on the screen. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I will be 100% honest with you. When I pulled this story, I was ready to go like I was ready to go to the third degree on Dr. Shiva. Okay, I was ready to lay into this man. All right. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a fan of Dr. Shiva Ayudari. You know, I, I, I mean, you follow the election fraud stories, you know, the work that this man has done in order to um, detangle some of the mysteries and questions that unfortunately go along with our electoral process, right? I mean, everyone knows Dr. Shiva, okay? So the reason why I was going to go hard on him is because, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, actions versus rhetoric and track record, who's got it? President Trump does. So why, Dr. Shiva, why are you going to try to, not that he's trying to split the vote, but why are you going to try and split the vote? And you know, people who believe in Dr. Shiva are Trump supporters. So even though Dr. Shiva has, has been at, apparently, according to Dr. Shiva, according to Dr. Shiva, apparently he has been asked by so many people for him to run for president that I don't know, maybe maybe it's more people than they want i mean what i would be like wait you want me to run for president but what about president trump like doesn't he have the track record you know like wouldn't he wouldn't he stand a better chance at the ballot box than me some nobody i mean no dr shiva's not a nobody anyone who's been following election fraud stories or the c report or any of these uh any any influencers who actually do it know that Dr. Shiva is not a nobody. We know who Dr. Shiva is, but everyone else in America, all of the normies, all of the sleeping people out there, do they, they don't know who he is. Okay. So the only people that Dr. Shiva would get a vote from would be scalping the base off of Donald Trump's vote. Cause that's literally the only people in America that know who Dr. Shiva is. It's Trump's base. Trump's base knows Dr. Shiva. No one else out there knows Dr. Shiva. Nobody knows. Dr. If you do not follow election fraud, you have no idea. You think this is Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay. If you do not follow election fraud stories, this is Vivek Ramaswamy in your eyes because you don't even know what Vivek Ramaswamy looks like. Okay. <laughs> so you guys get what I'm saying, right? So initially I was going to come very vigor and vim about Dr. Shiva running for president because I'm like, dude, you don't stand a chance. Why are you running for president? And you're just going to strip President Trump's, you know, base votes, right? Be for the people who really can't stand President Trump's rhetoric, but they still believe in election uh, integrity. I don't get that either. I mean, at this point, there's only one person for the job. No one else should be on the field if they're serious about restoring this republic, in my opinion. But it was in talking about the VP candidate slot. I thought, you know what? We could have a Trump Ayudari, you know, presidency, right? We could have a Trump Ayudari cabinet. Why not? Why not? Right? Why not? Okay. So, uh, as long as Dr. Shiva drops out, I'm going to be like this. There's not one single candidate that you could bring right now. Who's alive, ladies and gentlemen, that I would be like, okay, run that person. I'll vote for them over Trump. That's me. Okay. There's not one. There's not one person alive that I would vote for over President Trump. That's me, okay? You could not find someone alive right now 
that you think is better than President Trump as to be president. You cannot. You cannot. There is no one that has his track record. And anytime you say, what about this person? Or what about that person? Or what about this person? First thing I'll say is, are they alive? And then the second thing I'll say is, do they have the track record? Okay? Because they don't. It doesn't matter. No one has President Trump's track record. It doesn't matter who you bring to the table. You can bring anybody who's still alive and breathing. And I say that so this way people don't say Jesus Christ. Okay? Because <laughs> if I say I wouldn't vote for anybody but Trump and then you say Jesus Christ, I'm like, but he's not alive right now. Like he might be coming back, but he's not here right now. Okay? So what I'm trying to say is, and I think you guys get it. There's no one alive right now that I would vote for other than President Trump. No one has the track record. I'm sorry. Change my mind. Nobody has the track record. You you wouldn't, no one, you would not be able to change my mind. Guy. No one would be able to change my mind. Not even for a million bucks because guess what? Track record. Okay. <laughs> there, no one else has the track record. Too bad. So sad. No one else has that track record. Can't change my mind. Sorry, Shiva Ayadari. But you know what? If you want to be VP, I get it. You just better drop out long before the primaries when you realize ain't nobody going to vote for you, buddy. Because uh, even I think even people who would vote. How many people do you think told Dr. Shiva that he should run, that he actually paid the money and filed the paperwork, even though basically I think he's still on President Trump's side? Dunno. But uh, speaking about traitors not dr shiva of course but uh you know because dr shiva i think i think you know yeah he could run for vp i could see that happening i don't i don't understand why you have to run for president in order to get the vp pick but i mean i don't know much about politics anyways so but look at this list right here guys this list right do you want to talk about traitors okay you want to talk about uh the people of america who call themselves conservative and republican and trump supporters need to wake up oh this was painful but you know let's get into it guys i've got a wall of rhinos right here are the ones that decided to keep the likes of Adam Shifty Shift Watermelon Head, this man right here, ladies and gentlemen, uncensored. Okay. Now there's a couple of things that I think we could, okay, okay, not this guy, this guy. There's a couple of things I think we can take away from this, at least the way I see it. Because I really try and focus on the local state house politics. And every now and then I can find congruencies and I can find corroborations between the state local and the federal, right? So let's talk about Adam Schiff, right? Now we had, what was it, 20, 20 Republicans who decided to vote against censoring. Adam Schiff. Okay. 20 of them. Now, as every single media outlet out there is uh, foistering, these are traitor Republicans, right? 
I, you know, and I, I, I would agree with that to an extent. Yes, they're traitor Republicans because yes, they decided not to censor one of the most perplexing and um and uh and prominent liars in the Capitol. And I say perplexing because if it were not for that congressional immunity, I don't know how he would get away with some of the crap that he has said. And everyone feels that, you know, everyone feels that. I mean, I understand why we need congressional immunity, but people like Adam Schiff and, you know, Joaquin Castro are good arguments for why we should get rid of uh, congressional immunity ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, it was quite perplexing because everyone witnessed the outright deception. I mean, it was worse than deception. What what this man, if you want to call him that, did, Peter Schiff, a uh, Peter Schiff, I don't like Peter Schiff, <laughs> Adam Schiff, excuse me, not the financial guy, okay? But like, you know, um, what Adam Schiff did was way more than deception in my opinion, in any ways. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's treason. Everything that this man did was treason. And I find it absolutely uh, terrible that it, it's provisions set up in our own uh, uh, government that protected him and allowed him to do what he did. But the thing about it is, is that everyone saw it. Everyone saw the lies. Everyone saw things that he did, you know, um, Without, without account. And, and finally, we come upon a place where we can actually attempt to hold this man accountable. And so, as I was saying, we have all the articles out there saying this is a traitorous man, a traitorous man, and we have traitorous Republicans, which I would again tend to agree with. You know, a litmus test, right? Let's censor this asshole, okay? Let's censor him, right? Let's 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 finally get it on the record. People are done with this jerk. And then it doesn't happen. Okay. And then it doesn't happen. Okay. What the hell? Right? Like this is this is one of those moments that Americans have been waiting for, even though a censoring is really not what we'd want. We'd rather he be removed and taken to the gallows. Uh, but that's not what's happening here. Instead. They get away with not censoring him, right? I mean, what's up with that? Censor serial liar Adam Schiff. Resolution fails in the House. Here's the list of the rhinos who voted with the Democrats. Again, um, the rhinos who voted with, you know, but here's, I don't know. I have a different, re I mean, there, I mean, I heard one, I heard someone say, can you really call Republicans rhinos republicans in name only right can you really call them that because the republicans by nature are part of the uniparty establishment which is the republicans and the democrats so they're not really rhinos because technically speaking they're doing their job they're deceiving you as republicans and you are deceived because you believe that the republican party is what it says it is and so you as a low information normie voter, I'm not talking to my audience, I'm speaking generally, can call them rhinos because they don't align with your, uh, you know, traditional, I was born into this Republican Party, right? 
Um, they're all technically rhinos because they're all establishment technically. They're all part of the predator class, technically speaking. So could they technically be rhinos, right? So you guys get what I'm saying, right? So, you know, he, you know, can you call, so I would be like, can you call these uh, people who voted with the Democrats rhinos? Because then there was a provision in this censor that is basically what stopped a lot of them from censoring them, which to me means that this was all this was all choreographed. OK, this was all choreographed, which means, yeah, you might want to call these 20 people rhinos, but let's face it, they all are. These are just the ones that stepped up to bat because their masters told them to. I know it's a complex song and dance, but you'll get it eventually. OK, on Tuesday, says the article from the Gateway Pundit, Representative uh, Luna announced that the House would vote to censor and fine Representative Schiff this week. According to the House of my uh, according to the Office of House Minority Whip Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, a procedural vote on the measure is scheduled uh, for that was yesterday afternoon. Any Republican who does not vote for the resolution is exposing their real colors as a member of the deep state, I would argue they all are. Okay, name me one federal level politician who's not a fake asshole, right? Anyways, any Republican who does not says, okay, so uh, Gateway Pundit declares if you vote against this, then you're a rhino, right? They're all rhinos, Gateway Pundit. They're all rhinos. Okay, these ones are just showing you who they are, right? Luna argues uh, that uh, his behavior represents a betrayal of public trust and undermines the integrity of the legislative process. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Anyways, the, representat the representative from Florida called for Schiff to be held financially accountable proposing that Schiff should bear the burden of $16 million, uh, $16 million, half of the total investigation cost. This suggestion comes following an investigation conducted by the Committee on Ethics, which found that Schiff lied, misrepresented, and misused sensitive information. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is, I think, where they went wrong. Do I agree that Adam Schiff should have paid $16 million half of what they spent to invest. Yes, I do. Do I uh, agree that Adam Schiff should pay the entire amount for the investigation uh, into uh, what Adam Schiff did? Yes, I do. Do I think it should have cost $32 million? No, I don't. But it's just like what happened in the state of Texas, okay, in the state house, right? It, it gets down to the money thing, okay? Right. Like, um, I really don't think, uh, no, no, I think, I think like they, I think it's, I think it's choreographed. Okay. I think it's choreographed. Okay. I think they knew, I think they knew it was unconstitutional to charge Adam Schiff $16 million so that you would have 20 representatives who would oppose it. In other words, it was designed to fail, okay? It was designed to fail. Adam Schiff was never going to get censored because instead of just censoring him for lying, they decided to add a price tag to it, which some of these um, representatives um, understood to be unconstitutional, 
Okay. And so I, I can't necessarily agree that these guys are rhinos. I think they're all rhinos. And this was just set up to save some of the rhinos faces. So this way other people will be like, well, they're not a rhino because they voted against. I mean, they voted for censoring Adam Schiff. They're going to be like Marjorie Taylor Greene with her big Adam's apple voted to censor Adam Schiff. So she's not a rhino, even though she just voted for the debt ceiling to happen with McCarthy. Right. You guys, you guys get how they, they fuck y'all up. Right. Anyways. Okay. Sorry, I'm drunk. That's the third F-bomb tonight. Man, I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. Anyways, okay. I really try not to drop too many, uh, you know, um, color too much colorful language. Because trust me, you know, I, I understand the difference between being myself and being professional. Okay. Anyways, article continues here. On Wednesday, uh, that's yesterday, Adam Schiff was not censored or condemned for his actions in the Russia hoax. The resolution failed in the GOP-controlled House. It reminds me of my Texas State House, okay? You know, it reminds me exactly of that, you know? Uh, it says, 20 rhino Republicans voted with Democrats to protect shift. It's always going to be this back and forth, you know, take one point off, add one point on, weigh it this way, weigh it that way. It's all a bunch of bull. It's all a bunch of bull. The chamber voted 225, uh, 196 to 7. 20 Republicans voted with Democrats to block the resolution, while seven lawmakers, five Democrats and two Republicans voted present. There's the list there. I got the pictures again. Okay, so it says down here. <coughs> now, this is from Republican, I think, Thomas Massey. He says... Adam Schiff acted unethically, but if a resolution to fine him $60 million comes to the floor, I will vote to table it or to vote against it. In fact, I'm still litigating a federal lawsuit against Pelosi over a salary reduction, salary reduction that she imposed on me for my refusal to wear a mask. He added, the Constitution says the House may take its own rules, but we cannot violate other later provisions of the Constitution. A $16 million fine is a violation of the 27th and the 8th Amendment. Now, consider this, guys. This is what I'm talking about. This is the pantomime of politics I'm talking to you guys about. This is so that all of you guys who still follow national federal politics can get all holly jolly and comfortable knowing that your guy voted to censor Adam Schiff and you can place the blame on the rhinos who didn't. But what did Thomas Massey say? The rhino who voted to not censor Adam Schiff? He said, according to the Constitution and according to the 27th and the 8th Amendment, that you cannot find a... Uh, uh, a, um, a representative $16 million. It's a violation of the Constitution. If Thomas Massey knew that, don't you think that your non-rhino, your America first, your wants to restore the Republic, Republican conservative knew that? Okay, the same crap just happened in the Texas State House, where in the case of Houston, Texas and Harris County, with the uh, with the um, botched elections over there, the Texas State House decided to pass a bill that would give the power of the elections back to the state if in the county there was a lot of bad stuff going. Like they're getting reports of like what happened in 2022 in, in, in Harris uh, and what happened in Maricopa County. 
in 2022. The same thing happened. So if those scenarios happen in Harris County again, the Texas State House passed a law that says we will be able to take control of the county elections. And oh, but this is this is the stipulation they put in there. This is the amendment that the Republican controlled House of Texas agreed to with the Democrats who have no power in the House. Right. The Democrats said, we'll pass this bill if you add this amendment that you can do that for um, uh, counties who have a population of over a certain amount of people. Right. Three million people, okay, for a county that has a population over three million. And the Republicans said, okay, we'll do it. We're game. And we passed a bill so that all of our voters will be like, you passed a bill to take care of Harris County and the elections in Houston, Texas. Good job, conservative Republicans. You are, they are, they are liars and deceivers, okay? Because according to the Texas Constitution, you cannot single out a county or a city. And there is only one county in the state of Texas that has over three million people in population, and that is Harris County. So that was a political maneuver to satiate the Republican conservative voter base and make them think that their Republican House is doing something when this bill is going to be turned down in the Texas State House because it is not constitutional. You cannot do that. And so all they did is buy their time with lawfare. That's what this is to me. Okay. That's what this is. Okay. They knew all of your Republican, conservative, America first, Trump supporter, asshole representatives knew it was against the constitution to fine Adam Schiff that money. So this way they can look good and you can have faith in them and you can call other Republicans rhinos. That's what this is. It is a pantomime of politics. It's about time you woke up America. It's about time you woke up, okay? Because if you hear no one else saying this, then it's probably true. It's probably true. So, you know, we have a picture here, right, of the of the ones that you want to call rhinos. If you want to go along with the, the blue and the red and the left and the right and the Republican and the Democrat Party and the party lines, the uniparty that they keep on fooling and and and, and they keep on, on deceiving us on those lines, ladies and gentlemen, here are your rhinos, right? You know, rest in peace. You know, just V, Kyle, you know, Kevin Kylie is on this list, right? Okay. You, Kay Granger, who's one of the most moderate middle of the road Republicans in Texas history, is not, it does not surprise me that she's on this list, but she would be on this list. Who are you not going to see on this list? The people that the House wants you to believe are still conservative Republicans who are still America first, Trump supporters who are deceiving you with this whole pantomime playground of politics. Do you get it, America? Do you get it? That's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm saying. It's all fake, okay? So uh, this was going to happen either way because uh, Schiff, Schiff is too high up in the power streams, I'm sure. Schiff is far too high up in the power streams uh, in order for him to get censored and not have uh, the fake base of rhino conservatives come out and protect him. So anyhow, all right, guys, let's move on to the next story. Man, today's turned into quite an episode. I knew I had a lot of things to share with you guys, but geez, Louise. All right. Uh, I got a couple of stories here now regarding to some election fraud dealing with the ballots. God, okay. We're already at two hours in. 
we might have to jump into the Halderman stuff tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Today's been quite an episode, though. Thanks again for being here. If you've been live with us uh, or if you're catching the replay, uh, I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossidis. This is the C Report. Uh, please make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you smash that rumble button. Please hit the repost button and the red pill button. And by all means, Follow if you'd like to get notifications about future live broadcasts and other video um, uploads. Okay, guys. So uh, let's see here. What can we do? What can we? Well, let's talk about this real quick, and then and then I'll make some decisions. We have uh, a couple of stories coming out, respectively, from two different problem areas during the 2020 and the 2020. 2022 elections. That would be uh, specifically Arizona and Michigan. So two ballot stories I wanted to share with you guys coming out of Arizona and out of Michigan. Very interesting stories. And interesting enough, they jump back to 2020. Let's take a look at the first one. Dealing with ballots. This is coming from um, the Gateway Pundit. Uh, we have a Cary Lake attorney saying Maricopa County's chain of custody documents show 18,000 illegal ballots were injected the day after the polls closed in 2020. So, I mean, so here's here's a trend alert, ladies and gentlemen. Trend alert. The 2020 elections, eight, those guys be coming up again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, the topic of the chain of custody has been a prevalent discourse throughout this entire sojourn, ladies and gentlemen, because I think one thing, it's funny, right? How like we as a people are not, I mean, it seems like we're not willing to call out or to hold accountable, to hold to account um, laws that are broken in front of our own eyes, obviously. Now, granted, a lot of this information, it took some time for it to come out. It took some time for it to become a thing or to even germinate into reality, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, now three years hence, we got this information coming out. You know, thank goodness information regarding like the 2022 midterms we've gotten our hands on a lot quicker than what we uh, got our hands on in 2020. Um, but uh, this information is leaking out steadily now, it seems. The first bit was this. We had a document that was released that proves that uh, Maricopa County in 2020, in 2020 did in fact have 18,000 ballots illegally injected into the ballot count, okay? Ballot count is very, 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 very important. It's paramount to everything as we're learning. Oh, guys, and I didn't even tell you, you know, like how we how we just finished reading the vote scam book. I've got some more stuff for you guys on that front. I mean, because like trend alert, right? 2020, the next the next story we're going to talk about is 2020. We may as well jump into Halderman tonight. That's about 2020. Okay. All this stuff about 2020 is now starting to hit the scenes, guys, uh, again, which is good. And hopefully, you know, we have people with the wherewithal to really act and the judges who are not so sold out, bought out or turned out that they will uh, they will just um, sacrifice uh, their moral compass. 
Um, let's see here. Article says, yeah, Carrie Lake attorney Brian Blem published a chain of custody document from the 2020 election, Maricopa County, which appears to show that 18,000 illegal ballots were injected the day after polls had closed on November 4th, 2020. Arizona, Arizona's November 3rd, 2020 presidential election in Arizona decided uh, was decided by less than 10,500 votes. OK, uh, the same issues with missing custody and late ballots were accepted in the 2020 uh, election that was stolen from Kerry Lake. OK, so that's just like a kind of overview. We'll take a look at the actual. So this is your ballot, right? I mean, this is the document that uh, the lawyer uh, received election day, um, Maricopa County inbound receipt of delivery, 18,000 pieces of ballots. Okay. 18,000 pieces, etc. Now he, this is the official form guys. This is the official form. Now I don't know about you guys. I, I, I was an operations manager for some amount of years, guys. I ran operations daily. Okay. I did the books, right? All that stuff. Okay. I can tell you for a fact that a form like this in a day-to-day -day business would never be accepted, would never be accepted. No, 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 no. If I turned in or like, like, say I even like, say I even closed down the vault, right. And, and did the books that night. If I turned in a form like this, I would probably be fired the next day. Okay. If, if I were not fired, I'd be, I'd be severely reprimanded. Okay. For this. Now it's a shame that we don't have the same, the same standard in our electoral process as far as accountability goes. But if I turned in a form like this, okay, I would be fired. Okay. No date, no security witness. No seal number. You know, whenever you close down shop for the night in a business, say you're working the vault in the, in, in the, in the money office, right? You know, if, you know, our money bags have to have seal numbers on them, right? If I turned in a document with no seal numbers on the money bags with nothing to corroborate or to, or to close out the night and show that I matched, I'm done. Okay. Why don't we have the same standard in our elections? in something that is far more important than our day-to-day -day business. Our elections are far more, our, our vote is far more important, far more important than any money you'll make in eight hours. Because let me tell you what, if we didn't have a vote, you wouldn't be making that money in eight hours. You wouldn't have a full-time job that's going to give you what you're getting today. All you people who are living off the American dream that didn't really earn it, hey, more power to you. God blessed you, right? But let's not forget, if your vote were not taken care of, you wouldn't be where you are today, right? Okay, and it can get a lot worse because elections have consequences. Ladies and gentlemen, my audience knows that and understands that. But the fact that Maricopa County was willing to, and this is this this document is against the law. This is a criminal document. You you guys see right here, there are no seal numbers on this uh, chain of custody. And apparently no one has the gall, the balls, or the wherewithal to hold anyone accountable in Maricopa County. I mean, we know they're trying, but state law just across the board in all 50 says you have to have chain of custody. You have to have your document numbers and your sealed numbers. You have to have all of that information. And yet somehow, somewhere, some way in 2020 and beyond, 
in Maricopa County, at least, they don't care if there's a chain of custody. They don't care if there are seal numbers. Every single standard operating procedure that they have run in decades past have all gone out the door in order to facilitate the stealing of an election in that state. The stealing of multiple elections in that state. How is this acceptable? How is it that we, the American people, can look at this um, obvious and flagrant criminality and be okay with it? Why is it that you at your job have to fill in all of these in the right way, accurately, okay, at your job? Think about where you work. Think about when you do your paperwork and what will happen to you if you do this wrong and if you don't provide all the information that is mandatory that is required. And that's your job. That's not even state law. That's just so you can have a good way of living. That's so you can have a way of life. We're talking about elections, ladies and gentlemen, that's way bigger than this. And yet they can get away with this crap. They can get away without putting at, without filling the proper documentation on their forms. Why is it that we as Americans allow ourselves to get held to a certain standard where our livelihood is involved, but we don't hold them to the same standard where our entire nationhood is involved? is the question I have on my mind, you know? And again, these are rhetorical questions that are more relegated to the general than the specific. But these are just things that go through my mind when I look at this stuff, right? Why is it that the judges have not held them accountable for this? Why is it that they can get away with this crap that makes no sense? 18,000 ballots with no chain of custody? This document here does not serve as a point of chain of custody. It's missing the date. It's missing the time. It has, it has no seal numbers on it. This is not an acceptable document. And I'm in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. And I know what these things are supposed to look like just because, I mean, come on, comprehension skills, right? So this is coming out of, uh, again, and, you know, it's crazy because, like, you know, even though at this point in the game we're much further ahead than we were in 2020 when the same thing happened, you know, it's a shame that it's taking this long to get 2020 taken care of, you know. And I blame all the influencers out there who don't talk about elections or 2020. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. All right. Let's see what's next. Now, here's another one. This is the one that's coming out of Michigan, guys. Now, this one is another ballot like craziness, okay? Uh, this story broke June 6th, uh, coming out of Genesee County, Michigan, okay? Hundreds of absentee ballots found in a storage unit in Genesee County. Now... Hundreds of ballots, 200, 300. Was that enough to change the rate, the outcome of the race in Michigan in 2020 in Genesee County? Maybe so, maybe no. And it's just that type of mentality that will keep this story from breaking the headlines. Other than the fact that the mainstream, mainstream control all the headlines, but that's besides the point, right? Uh, it says here, uh, Thetford Township, Michigan, a township supervisor in Genesee County is talking about hundreds of absentee ballots that were found in a storage unit. The ballots were from the 2020 election, according to Rachel Stanky, the Thetford Township supervisor. Stanky says she alerted Michigan State Police. 
she said 289 absentee ballots were found in a storage unit and downtown in downtown Clio. It says she tells Mid Michigan um, now that she first learned about the possibility of ballots found in a box back in 2021. At the time, she says she alerted the Michigan Attorney General's office and the Secretary of State's office. She later found out she needed to contact Michigan State Police. Michigan State Police recovered the ballots in the storage unit in August 2022. Several months ago, Stanky filed a Freedom of Information Act request for details regarding this investigation. Her request was approved through MSMP or MSP, excuse me. Stinky says the storage unit was one that was rented by a former township employee whose name had been redacted from the FOIA paperwork. She said she was not aware when she was asked to store them in there. She thought they were old township documents. On Tuesday evening, Stinky presented this information in the FOIA to the township board and also the residents. She says she wants to be transparent and make sure people are aware of what is going on. Mid-Michigan Now reporter Courtney Bennett asks Stinky, can the voters hear, can they trust that the elections are run accurately? To which Stinky replied, that's our goal. That's why I want to bring this to their attention. And I want them to be able to make sure that their elections are run fairly and smoothly. After the fact, three years later, that's what this is all about, guys. I know core, I know core audience understands this. We'll get them next year. We'll next year. We'll get them next year, right? We'll get them next year. It's okay. It's okay. We know you fought hard for election integrity and to expose election fraud this year, but we'll get them next year, three years down the road, right? When when literally they can't do anything about it because the judges are all going to say, it's too late. It's too late. I already judged and ruled. It's too late. Anyways. One person, uh, one person in Michigan now spoke to spoke to says she is not so quick to trust again. Katie Hicks ran for Thetford Township Clerk in 2020. She lost that election by 19 votes. 19 votes. Katie Hicks says, <clears throat> "Oh, I'm sorry. This is Stanky who's talking." Stanky says, "Now this is all coming out, and and it kind of, you know, I'm kind of happy that it's coming out three years later." Because the election is right around the corner again, and it concerns me that this will take place again for 2024. Michigan State Police are still investigating. Stinky says people who want to see the FOIA and the details of this investigation can fill out a form at the township hall. Nicole Moore is a current, uh, the current township clerk. She was not at the special meeting on Tuesday.
Alrighty guys, we're gonna go into a little bit of overtime tonight so I can get my last two stories in just because I wasn't with you guys yesterday. So thanks again for being here this evening. If you're joining me live, this is the C-Report and it is currently June 15, 2023. Got about two more stories I wanna get into with you guys before we finish up for this evening. I know you guys are probably so interesting to know who the fop on my screen is. But before we jump into the next story, let's go ahead. I just wanna jump into the chat room real quick over at pill.net slash the foxhole.app. Hope you guys are doing great over there today. I see someone I haven't seen in a minute. Good to see you, Thumper Rose. Glad you are. Uh, you popped in to say hello this evening. I hope you're doing well out there. I see Aurelius Locke is also joining us over at Pilled.net. Let's see here. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? You know, actually, it's very interesting. All the stuff that's coming up, you know, like, I don't know, especially with this Halderman. This is what we're talking about next, guys. We're talking about the Halderman report. OK, in case you were wondering who this fop was on my screen, that's J. Alex Halderman. He's like, ooh, doesn't it just sing, girl? Look at him. He's like, I do election interference stuff. <laughs> He looks so happy. Does not J. Alexander Halderman look so happy to exist? Anyway, so we're talking about that next. All right. So, uh, but, you know, no, no, no. It's interesting that this stuff has just come up, though. I mean, you know, actually, in my neck of the woods, we actually just I actually just had an election here. Uh, was it this past Saturday? Um, we had uh, had runoffs in my city council district. That's right. Mr. C votes locally. OK. He votes for the municipal. It was such a crazy thing, though, because, I mean, you know, like we're talking municipal elections, right? These are the elections that really don't mean anything to anyone outside of your zip code, right? Or your city limits, you know? Um, we had a runoff in my congressional, I mean, not my congressional, we had a runoff in my city council district. And I, you know, it was funny because like we, we had our elections, I think it was like on May 8th or May 6th or 7th or 8th. It was a Saturday municipal elections, went out and voted. Um, and then, uh, found out that my can like, well, I found out that my district for my city council district actually went into a runoff. So it was district one and district seven, those two districts I'm in district seven. So like uh, my, my, my city council district and district one went into runoffs. Now I swear to you guys, cause my city San Antonio does a terrible job. Jacqueline Callanan, you could do a better job about informing people about when the vote is and keeping that information on the city webpage. But, um, you know, uh, I went out there and um, I, I swear to you guys, like I had information that said that voting for the runoffs was like on a Tuesday. Right. And so, like, I remember waking up late on that Tuesday and it was like stormy and stuff like that. And like the day started late. It was just one of those days. Right. And I was like oh, I'm not going to get to go vote. And then I had to get on and do the show also. So I was like, by the time I'm done with the show, like, you know, the polls are going to be closed. So I thought I missed it. And then come to find out it was actually that Saturday. So I got to go vote, which was great. Cause like, I mean, I don't, I want to make sure they can't spoil my track record. And like, now that I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I voted in every election 
municipal and otherwise for the last, I don't know, three or four years. Like I have not missed one. So like even this one, I felt, I was like, oh man, like I'm missing this one. It's going to ruin my track record I'm trying to make. And I was like, what if this is the one election where they're like people who voted in this one, it's getting overturned. We need your input. If you voted, you count, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I need to get a hold of some people. I need to get a hold of some people because there's some specs about the local, this, this runoff election that happened. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I, I have no foresight, you know? So like, I've been talking about, like, I've been talking about and keeping abreast my audience on all of these election things. Um, there are other things that I could have been doing in the background that like, you know, home, like, there's some things that I, there, I have some ideas. I just, I don't know. I need to, I need to find like a website that just has instructions, just like the 10 commandments about how you pursue like, you know, like litigation. And I mean, cause you know, like I've heard stories, I followed stories, I followed interviews, people talk about it, but it's not like a step-by-step -step. anyways. I don't know. Maybe I'm lazy, but like, um, there needs to be a website out there. That's like, the one, two, three guidelines of how to sue your county, city, or state based on elections and like the first steps you take, what building you go to. And I know it's going to be different for every municipality and every statehood. I know it's going to be different, like the, the, the specific procedures, but there's bound to be a generic outline. And maybe that outline exists out there somewhere and I've just never come across it. If any of you guys know of an outline that exists like that, please DM me. Or uh, email me, the C report at protonmail.com. Um, anyways, that's besides the point. Let's get into the Halderman thing, guys. Oh, and I was saying hello to also, real quick, to uh, hello to Thumper Rose, Aurelius Locke, Java, Tam Growl, all you uh, coo cats still hanging out over there at uh, pill.net. Okay, so uh, we're talking about J. Alexander Halderman's report, which was just released, ladies and gentlemen. Um, on President Trump's birthday. Okay. Now, uh, this is this is an important one, right? This is a very important one. Uh, when we're talking about litigating um, election fraud and uh, like the voting machines, for example, when we're talking about litigating them away into non-existence, um, we're talking about like the Tina Peters uh, Dominion reports one, two, and three. We're talking about like the Michael Gableman report out of Wisconsin. Uh, we're talking about, you know, the Matt DiPerno report out of Antrim. We can go ahead and even include like the CISA reports, etc. Um, because these reports, of course, were concerning the vulnerabilities of the voting machines. This is something that we've all known. We've talked about this here on the C report before. Uh, we've talked about the Helderman report. Um, if you guys were also um, audience members of like Lone Star State News, then you're also familiar with the uh, with the petitions that were filed. I, I believe they were filed by Texans that had all this information uh, to include. Like, um, to include um, lawsuits uh, by like Tory Mares and, and also include um, Halderman's um, summary reports uh, that were released, ladies and gentlemen. All of this information has been out there and known, okay? But, you know, like for a little bit of history on the Alexander, J. Alexander Alderman report for those of you who are kind of like, well, you're saying all of these things, Mr. C, and they 
probably have something to do with elections. But what are you talking about, right? Well, in 2016, the Democrats, Stacey, Stanky Abrams, etc., in the state of Georgia, uh, they uh, hired uh, this J. Alex Halderman to write a report about the Dominion voting machines. Now, one would think, what do you mean it was the Democrats who hired him? Well, I mean, because they did. Now, if you guys remember, we also had Democrats speaking out against the vulnerability of voting machines in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 2012. You know, the, the, there were Democrats and we all remember them. I mean, you guys go back and you guys watch documentaries or the documentaries like Kill Chain and all those other ones that, you know, you actually saw people like Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and others who were talking about the vulnerabilities, Hillary Clinton, the vulnerabilities of voting machines, right? So that kind of is where this, as far as I'm aware of, originates. The J. Alex Halderman report was uh, financed by Democrats to use against President Trump in the event that he won the 2016 election. And then... Instead of using the report against him, they put the kibosh on it. We had a judge, it was um, uh, Totenberg in Georgia, who uh, put a seal on this uh, on this uh, document, on this research document, okay? And so it's been under seal since like 2016, 2017. And now, on, uh, on the dawn of President Trump's indictment in Georgia, because you know they're going to try and pull an indictment in Georgia, right? You guys know they're going to try and pull one out of Georgia next, okay? On the dawn of that and on the eve of President Trump's indictment in New York and on the day of President Trump's birth, we have the Alex Halderman report being released. Now, I think it's kind of cute that, uh, you know, this judge in uh, Georgia decided to make this document public, right? And I think it's kind of cool and good that, you know, the information, even though it, there's a lot of redacted stuff in it, you know, will be available for, you know, election hounds and sleuths to go ahead and look at. But I really don't think that the release of the J. Alex Halderman report should eclipse the fact that we have on video, ladies and gentlemen, election crimes happening in Arizona. I mean, this is going to like the Halderman report will stand, I'm sure, to put a lot of credence into um, election voting machines being removed. And they need to be. Don't get me wrong. None of the reports coming out of Georgia or from, you know, Dominion's own independent research firms that are nonprofit are coming out saying that how I mean, in fact, it's interesting right now. We've kind of got like a war of words going on between. Professor Halderman and Dominion's, you know, independent not-for-profit research centers, you know, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, as far as far as the information that's revealed in this report versus what we already know, guys, like the video that's coming out of Maricopa County, Arizona, right now, to me, is way important because it would take out 2022 like that. Like what we got coming out of this, I mean, you guys, like I said, trend alert, we got 2020 coming back in play here. We, I mean, I just shared with you too, this is a third article that's bringing back the prominence of the 2020 stolen election. Like Carrie Lake said, we cannot move forward until we fix and solve 2020. 
Okay, that needs to happen first. It needs to happen three years ago. Okay, but they sat on this. Now, I'm just simply saying, let's take this information and use it to the best of our ability. But let us not forget, we have on video election crimes, ladies and gentlemen, on video that can be discerned, that can be understood. You don't got to read in between the lines. And there is documentation that criminalizes themselves on video. It doesn't matter whether or not whether or not Carrie Lake won uh, Arizona in 2022. We know she did, but that video is way more important than this fop standing right here. Okay, that video is way more important than the release of this document because that video, if there was enough fervor uh, uh, behind it, could change the route of Arizona's 2022 election today, because the crime tape. And we don't need a judge or a jury to figure out what our eyes can see and our minds can understand. Do you guys get what I'm saying here? Like the Halderman report is important, but why isn't your focus on election crimes caught on camera? And why aren't you guys getting your audience to understand that they need to be calling that out? Is it because it's not part of the plan? Is it because it'll like uh, it'll chop up the timeline somehow? Like, no, we need people to do it this way. Not be we have it on video. It's on video. Election crimes defined and clear on video could totally throw that, but no one's putting their support behind that. Okay, and now we have Halderman's report being released. I think it's convenient. It's good but it's convenient because now all of the patriots who are chasing elections are going to be chasing Alexander Halderman instead of chasing the fact that we have election crimes caught on video in Maricopa County and their own documents damn themselves. Okay. Like there's no question that you don't need to read between the lines or be a, uh, be a chemical scientist or a rocket engineer. I mean, because that seems to be the pre the prerequisites for understanding J. Alexander Halderman's report. Right, because they all tend to think that we're stupid and that we have no sense of reasoning, we have no comprehension skills, we have no context clue skills. So you know what? Screw J. Alexander Halderman's report. Why don't we focus on what's in our face? Election crimes caught on camera in Maricopa County, Arizona, with their own documents to prove it and back it up to criminalize themselves. Why don't we put our fervor and our energy behind that? We could turn over that election. We could put so much pressure behind that judge for being corrupt and crooked and not even allowing that to be in the courtroom. And it's on camera. That's all I'm saying. Now let's talk about the J. Alexander Halderman report and how it's going to help us save America. Okay. All right. Let's go. So uh, there's J. Alexander Halderman. Nope, not his crotch. It's his face. Okay. <laughs> Here's an article from, you guessed it, one of the main future traders themselves, the Washington Examiner. They don't want you to know that they're on the side of the establishment, but they are. If you read their articles, they push establishment people. Let's not fool ourselves anymore. Okay, let's be honest with ourselves. All right, let's love ourselves and tell ourselves the truth. Okay, Georgia voting software will not be updated until after 2024, despite vulnerabilities. Now, that is a troubling headline to read. And one might wonder, what the heck are you talking about? We are just talking about J. Alexander Halderman and his report. Well, that's exactly what this is about, ladies and gentlemen, because CISA released a report. That's the Cyber Infrastructure Security 
administration. There's another ISSA in there somewhere. And uh, Alexander Halderman released this report, ladies and gentlemen. We all knew, we've known for months, okay? Not four months, but four months that the machines are vulnerable, okay? We've read other reports from other independent, uh, in independent investigators and auditors. Um, we know what these machines are capable and, and incapable of doing. We know the vulnerabilities. We know there are 36 points of entry for um, um, connectivity. We know they are exploitable, okay? And so now this J. Alexander Halderman report's been released, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, now even Bradford Raffitsberger, you know, the secretary of snakes over there in Georgia has to admit that they are vulnerable, but they are running. They are running coverage up against this very, very tightly, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, basically the office of snakes in Georgia, I'm talking about the secretary of snake, uh, Bradford Raffensperger has basically said that, you know, I mean, he's basically calling it a non-truth, you know? He's saying, yes, it's true, there were vulnerabilities, but nothing that could have affected us in 2020. And now, even though they have admitted the vulnerabilities and they've admitted that the machines that Georgia, the state of Georgia is using, indeed can be hacked, and they've even named and pointed out those vulnerabilities, the Secretary of Snakes, Bradford Raffensperger, little Bradford, has decided that they are not going to update their machines. In other words, put in the patches that could fix them until after, after the election. What the heck is going on here, right? What the heck is going on here? You know, kind of the way I see it is they released the J. Alexander Helderman report because they're expecting Trump to take 2024 and they're going to use election fraud against Trump. I don't see how they're going to be successful doing that. I really don't. But that, let me tell you something. We'll be following that closely. Anyway, let's take a look at this article real quick. What is that? Okay, I don't know. Sorry, guys, I heard a voice. It was weird. Um, let me go ahead and let's get this into reader reader mode. And then we'll do the long scroll down because that's the way that Washington Examiner, future trader, does it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay, so it says, uh, it says this, ladies and gentlemen, Georgia election officials will not be updating the state's voting software until after the 2024 elections, despite known vulnerabilities existing in the software, according to a report that was unsealed on Wednesday. So, of course, the report that they're talking about, and I have not been able to go through this, is the... Uh, is this the... Alex I think this is the Alexander... Yeah, this is the uh, Professor J. Alexander Halderman report. Uh, security analysis of Georgia's image cast X ballot marking devices. It's a 96 page report, so I have not had a chance to read it or go through it. Okay. But this is what they're talking about. All right. 
So it says here, a lawyer for Georgia's uh, GOP Secretary of State, Bradford Raffensperger, recently told a federal court that officials would not install security patches on Dominion voting machines until after the 2024 presidential election. Weaknesses in Dominion's machines have been verified by federal cybersecurity officials who have recommended that states using the software upgrade their systems. Uh, this is what Little Bradford, oh no, no, it wasn't Bradford, it was Mike Hassinger, a spokesman for Little Bradford. He said, upgrading the systems will be a massive undertaking, and our election officials are evaluating the scope of and time required for the project. State officials minimize, minimize the risks found uh, in the report that was unsealed on Wednesday, which was written two years ago. So Bradford Raffensperger has known for two years about these vulnerabilities, but uh, Raffensperger said it's extremely unlikely that any bad actor would be able to exploit our voting system in the real world. Never mind the DHS, right? The system is secure. The procedural safeguards we have in place mitigate these hypothetical scenarios from happening. You guys get this is all a whitewash, right? It's all cover. I mean, it's all a bunch of BS, really. It's all a cop-out answer. It's all a cop-out. Uh, the report highlighted six attack scenarios that showed alleged, weakness, alleged weaknesses in the machine's voting security, but a separate report by Dominion and Mitracorp, a not-for-profit research lab, countered the initial report, of course they did, and found that five of the attack scenarios were not scalable. This means they would impact a statistically insignificant number of votes on a single device at a time. So what they're saying is it's okay if it's one or two, right? No, no, that's not okay. It doesn't matter if it's one or if it's a thousand. It should not happen. Article continues. Dominion upgraded its security software in Michigan last year in response to the report, which was written by University of Michigan computer scientist Alex Halderman, who slammed Georgia for not following suit. Halderman said... Delaying is worse than doing nothing. It puts would-be adversaries on notice that the state will conduct the presidential election with this particular version of software with known vulnerabilities, giving them nearly 18 months to prepare and deploy attacks. How is Bradford Raffensperger still the Secretary of State of Georgia with this information on the plate? I mean, really, guys, really, the people of Georgia should be saying something about this. I mean, if not anything, just the fact that Raffensperger's been sitting on this for 18 months, okay? I mean, maybe not 18 months. We still got a few more months until 2020. But I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this is really that case. You know, it's really that case. It says, the decision to delay updating the system uh, comes as Dominion voting machines have been at the center of controversy since the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has asked judges to refrain from in-person hearings for parts of August. It is the latest indication that the public can expect charges related to efforts to overturn the election results to drop some time this summer. You guys get it. We're going to have another indictment of President Trump. He's probably going to be arraigned in the state of Georgia. Okay. So what they got him in New York, they got him in Florida. Now they're going to get him in Georgia. I mean, this is going to come guys. I mean, and it's damn right. Ridiculous. And I know you guys can agree with that. Um, These charges that they're bringing about him. And, and then the whole fact that, you know, again, 
I'm sure there's a lot of valuable information. There's redacted information in the Helderman report. I mean, it was stuff that like, I don't know. It was like, uh, the kind, what, what kind of stuff? Like, it was like, it was like, um, people's names. It looked like, it looked like specific, like, um, specific uh, model numbers for machines or parts pieces and stuff like that. That was, um, that was, uh, redacted in this document. But, um, you know, what the, uh, what, what Bradford Raffensperger is saying and his, uh, his, uh, he had a nonprofit. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was not Bradford Raffensperger. It was Dominion had a nonprofit research group look into the, I guess the Halderman report. And basically what they're saying in, it seems like in the, uh, in the response, you know, was that, uh, whatever happened, it didn't happen on a scale large enough to affect, which really is just a bunch of bull. You know, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that it was it, that it could be penetrated anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, is that it could be penetrated anyhow. That's what was important, I think, the most. Um, and, but that's what they're overlooking. You know, they're like, well, it does happen, but it doesn't happen on large enough of the scale. Well, then tell me why, you know, they that in other reports, like, for example, the reason like I would say the reason why it was not to scale in Georgia is most likely because the state of Georgia performed their trust and balance, you know, activities that erased all of the data. But if they had the election data in Georgia from the machines, the real legit stuff, you know, um, they could compare those much like Tina Peters was able to do with the data that they had in her machines prior to the trust, uh, the trust uh, and um, um, erase data exercise, trust and build, you know, uh, the same thing. It's all of this passage of time stuff that allows them to do what they're doing and uh, allows them to get away with it, guys. Um, and, and that seems to be much the game that they're playing here, which is why, like, while the Helderman report to me is important and it has a lot of information that will be uh, useful, um, it, it's kind of like, a, to me, it's just kind of like another pretty distraction. I mean, we have election crimes caught on camera in Arizona with their own documentation criminalizing them. Guys, we haven't seen anything like this since 2000 mules we haven't seen anything like this since uh vote scam with james m collier and when they caught that on camera and guess what ladies and gentlemen if you were hanging out with me during the vote scam book reading i found the video of them catching the crimes on camera so i'll share that with you guys at some point but like that book vote scam and where they caught the league of women voters punching holes in the cards and all that. I got the video. I found it. Okay. So like, this is very rarely do we find election crimes caught on camera and we have it in Arizona right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's right now. I'm like, do I, do I need to not be the one sharing this information so people can pick it up? Right. Can someone else share this information? Can someone who's credible that people like share this? So this way they can take it seriously. Cause no one takes it seriously when I say it. Okay. If someone can pick this up that, that people take seriously, I would appreciate it. You know, lock me up, sequester me away forever, but someone pick up this information, you know, anyways. Hey, Deplore Laura, what is up? Deplore Laura hanging out over at Twitch. Oh my gosh. And dang it, I can't stay right now, but I will be back. 
<laughs> oh, how I've missed your laugh seeing you again, Mr. C. I haven't been on Twitch for months. Just so you guys know, I'm not making it up. Okay. Anyways. Okay. All right. What else do we got here? We got Bradford Raffensperger again, absconding from his own work. Here's a uh, Bradford's release on the Helderman report. Now, like I said, Dominion also had their own not-for-profit, not-for-profit, right? That We're going to put air quotes on that one, right? Like little little report done to refute, to, uh, to turn away the uh, mentionings of uh, Jay Alexander's um, um, findings and his report. Uh, this is at, um, Raffensperger's update to the Mitra report. Uh, it says here, Secretary of State Bradford Raffensperger released the following statement after the public release of Meter's independent technical review, security analysis of Georgia's image cast um, 10 ballot marking device. It says uh, the Meter report confirms that Georgia's election infrastructure is secured by the toughest safeguards. Right. The, the, OK, the report that's paid for by Dominion is telling Georgia that your voting machines and your elections are secure because the people that said this were paid by Dominion. This is a Dominion funded report that Bradford Raffensperger is shoving everyone's nose in in the state of Georgia. I mean, this is retarded. How can the people of Georgia put up with this? I don't know. Okay. It says here, um, I want to focus on this. The plaintiff's researcher alleged six potential attacks against our state's voting machine that were discovered once provided with three months of unlimited access to Georgia's voting systems. In their review, Meter found five of six attacks were non-scalable, impacting a statistically insignificant number of votes on a single device at a time. One attack was technically scalable, but also infeasible due to access controls in place in operational election environments, access required to Dominion election software, and access required to Dominion election hardware. The risks outlined in the researchers' reports are theoretical and imaginary. Our security measures are real and mitigate all of them. Bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm just going to say, I call bull. I call bull. Now, the main reason why the meter report and even little Bradford Raffensperger had the goal to say that this was the case, okay, and that uh, that the that the uh, Halderman report was not feasible is because they said, well, the court awarded J. Alex Halderman uh, all access, complete and total access to our voting machines. And if he had complete and total access to our voting machines, and it stands to reason that he could find these hypothetical fallacies, right? He could find these hypothetical vulnerabilities. But no one had full access to our uh, to our election, so no one could could scalably affect an election that way. But what did we see from the Tina Peters reports? Okay, what did we see from the Mesa County elections reports one, two, and three? Indeed, indeed, they can be, and 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 you don't need to have two or three weeks worth of unfettered access to these machines in order to access them and to manipulate the digital vote. We've seen it in the Tina Peters reports. We've seen it in the Michael Gableman reports, uh, and we've seen it. We've seen it to to some extent in a two or three other reports, including CISA's report, CISA, including the Matt DiPerno report out of of, Wind, of Antrim County. We've seen this happening in other 
areas, not just in this one little secluded Georgia incident that Bradford Raffensperger would rather uh, case up as a non-scalable election interference vulnerability with no real world implications. When we know that the DHS was found in their election system in 2016. So this is all a cover. You know, Dominion had this report, the meter report come out as a cover. They paid for it themselves. And Bradford Raffensperger's just eating it up as if though it were like the last say and the final straw on the truth of the matter, right? So this is the meter report right here. Again, we're not going to go through this. We're not going to read it, but there you go. So you can see, I'll probably go through all, I mean, I am going to go through all these at some point. So this way I can kind of take a gander. Uh, this came from um, um, a publication actually out of San Antonio, okay, called Vote Beat. Um, this is this is the uh, leftist spit rag, the um, Texas Tribune. This is their this is their election paper called Vote Beat. So they actually ran a story on this in 2022. We're not going to go through all of it. There was that part I had highlighted. This is March 2nd, 2022. Why the debate over a computer scientist's Dominion report is so heated, right? says down here, let me go ahead and expand that for you guys real quick. Uh, the report as far as the report as far as is publicly known does little to materially advance what Halderman has been claiming about ballot marking devices for years because it's not a surprise that he found ways to infiltrate the system. Judge Totenberg gave Halderman complete access to the machines along with passwords and we all know the passwords were as easy as like Georgia 2020 or password, you know. And his report indicates that he did his research over 12 weeks. If you gave me access to a bank for 12 weeks, handed me the keys and told me the security guards to, and told the security guards to stand down, I'm pretty sure I could rob it. Do you see the fallacy of that type of logic? That's a that's a fallacy. That, that logic right there is a fallacy. You know, you can't say that just because he had 12 weeks to expose the vulnerabilities and he had the keys to the kingdom that that's that that means that it's not true, that it didn't happen. It's a complete and total fallacy. That is a cop out is what you call that, ladies and gentlemen. That is a cop out. That is what these people have done with this report. I mean, that 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 logic, it's illogical. How are you going to compare the two? How could you even compare the two? Receiving the keys, telling the security guards to stand down, etc. Who told who told uh, J. Alexander Halderman that uh, the back door to Dominion voting machines was uh, unlocked? Right? No, because if you're going to hack the machines, you're going to find that out yourselves. How about the passwords? You know, did did J. X. J. Alex Halderman talk about how easy the passwords were to crack? Like the passwords are a password or Michigan 2020, or Dominion 2020, or Georgia 2020. You know, I mean, it's across the board, guys. We've seen this in multiple other reports that that's the way that that went. So for this is total propaganda misinformation on the part of the Texas Tribune's election magazine, Vote Beat. This is total. But this is what you get from the mainstream lamestream. This is what you're going to see across the board. This is why voices like ours are important. The information that we're sharing is important. It's more important, more important than our voices is the fact that you get that information out there. Okay. More important than who's delivering you the information is the fact that you get that information out there. So we can't have leftist spit rags publishing crap like this, which is lying to the people. 
we have to be able to to fight their lies with truth at the same force, you know. We have to be able to do that. So, anyways, so that was that art, art article coming out of text. I just want see you see the logic right there, though, right? How how retarded that logic is. It's retarded, ladies and gentlemen. It's retarded. Anyways, okay, guys. So uh, the I think this is uh, one of the last things I was going to share with you all for this evening. Oh no, we got to do that. Okay, one more thing and we're done. But this is from uh, J. Alex Halderman's. Um, his Twitter page. Okay. So the man who did the report himself, this is how he, because look at how George is responding. Look at how, uh, you know, Raffensperger's responding, you know, they're all saying, Oh, Alexander Halderman doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He had access for 12 weeks. Of course, he's going to find an invulnerability. Of course, he's going to find a unicorn, right? So J. Alex Halderman says on his Twitter, today, the federal district court of the Northern District of Georgia unsealed a 96 page report that I wrote with Professor Asperger's from the Auburn University. It describes serious vulnerabilities we found in Georgia's Dominion ImageCast 10 ballot marking device. <coughs> Pardon me. He says uh, CISA advised states about these problems last summer through its coordinated vulnerability disclosure process. And Dominion subsequently released a software update, Democracy Suite 5.17, that purportedly addressed at least some of the problems. Mitcher, the people who did that report that was funded by Dominion, oh, he says, but Dominion also hired Meter to count, uh, counter our report. So the state of Georgia hires or the people in Georgia, the Democrats hire J. Alexander Halderman to do this report. And then CISA hires Meter to counter the report. Um, Halderman says Meter did not do any security tests, yet it asserts attacks are operationally infeasible, dangerously contradicting CISA's findings that the problems are real risks and should be mitigated promptly. So the people that Dominion hired that everyone and their mother's going with um, was even counter to what CISA had to say about their uh, about their findings. Uh, J. Alex Halderman went on to say meters analysis is wrong because it fails to account for how elections are operated in the real world. It, it's kind of starting to sound like the Maricopa County's uh, election uh, voting machine failure of 2022 report. They just made a whole bunch of crap up because they were so arrogant and thought no one would question them, you know? So uh, Halderman says meters analysis is wrong because it fails to account for how elections are operated in the real world. It is entirely predicated on a false assumption. Meter says it assumes strict and effective control access to Dominion election hardware and software. And uh, it has uh, that line highlighted in the image box there. We're not going to look at it. Another thing from Alexander Halderman says that was wishful thinking. Okay, so what is this? Video shows unauthorized access to Georgia election equipment, to which Halderman responds, that was wishful thinking when it was written. And it's ridiculous today because we've learned that Georgia's Dominion software has already been stolen and distributed by unauthorized parties who had repeated access to the voting equipment. Oh, but they didn't find that out. Nothing happened during what? 
the 2020 elections. It's it's funny how this is all starting to sound suspect, isn't it? Right. The known breaches in Georgia would be sufficient to cover and exploit every vulnerability we found and likely others we missed. Yet meters risk assessment assumes that Georgia perfectly protects the equipment from illicit access across all of its 159 counties. Unrealistic, the Dominion-funded research paper is, ladies and gentlemen, unrealistic. Halderman goes on to say, Astonishingly, Georgia Secretary of State Bradford Raffensperger, who has been aware of our findings for two years, just announced that the state will not get around to installing Dominion security patches until after. Guys, we're a whole year or more away from the 2024 elections, and this asshole Bradford Raffensperger cannot even do a security patch update to his state's election equipment. Really? That's pretty sad, right? What, what on earth is Bradford doing that's keeping him from doing his job? And uh, finally, we have that's worse than doing nothing by broadcasting that Georgia is not going to patch. Bradford Raffensperger has given would-be adversaries a whole 18 months to develop and execute attacks that exploit the known vulnerabilities of machines. So there's another one. Our findings are a reminder that elections face ongoing risks that call for vigilance from policymakers, technologists, and the public. Officials like Raffensperger should uphold voter confidence by improving security, not denying or ignoring real problems. Voters deserve better. That says a lot right there, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? I would have to thank Professor Halderman for attempting to provide that check and balance to an obvious federal and local government that is totally out of control. Totally out of control. All righty, y'all. That's going to bring us to our last story for tonight. Finally, we made it. We made it just at the third hour, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure you hit that follow button if you want to be notified when the C-Report is going live. Make sure uh, you uh, hit up that link down below to the second C-Report channel, Mr. CTV, where you can get clips of the C-Report and other videos. All right, guys, so that was pretty heavy, what we were talking about with our elections and stuff. So we'll end it on a light note. Uh, this will be making the round soon enough, I'm sure. Now, all of you guys, I have not done too many AI stories, but this one I had to. Okay, so um, the people have consulted the gods of chat GPT into uh, composing some poetry. Now, I got to say first, the heads, heads up first. There are a lot of people out there, you know, cre creative types, right? There are a lot of creative types out there. And I kind of like this, honestly. There are a lot of creative types out there who are currently worried. They're concerned. There's a little bit of sweat forming on their brow because there's new game in town. And that new game is called 
artificial intelligence. Okay. Now we have a bunch of writers, creatives. I'm going to put air quotes on all of them because a real creative, a real artist is not intimidated by artificial intelligence. Okay. Now, now, now for the purposes of secularism, I'll be, I'll be real. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to creativity and making a living, then yes, I would be concerned. Okay. Realistically, if you are a creative and you're trying to make a living, Maybe you should be concerned about AI because it stands to take your job. But if you are a creative who is not concerned with making a living, but just being a creative, then you're not intimidated by artificial intelligence. Let's get real. Really? Like, does anyone really believe that artificial intelligence could be better than like what a human could create? You guys get what I'm saying here? So, you know, so for all of those out there, I had to share this. Okay. So chat GPT, and I, I, this is probably one of my first AI stories, right? On the C report, uh, chat GPT was recently asked to write a Dr. Seuss style poem about transgenders. <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say artificial intelligence is on the side of common sense. Ladies and gentlemen, let me share this one with you. This is what artificial intelligence had to say in a poem about transgenders. Check it out. They said, I see your hair. It is a wig. Your Adam's apple still looks big. You are a man. And that is clear. I do not see a woman here. I must admit, it's rather odd to hear you say you're now abroad. You have no uterus, so no, you cannot bleed from down below. I do not like your padded bra. You should not use the women's spa. You tell me you had surgery. Your pronouns are still him and he. Your chromosomes are X and Y. That means you'll always be a guy. You gave yourself a girly name. That does not mean you're now a dame. A surgeon chopped off your eggs and ham. I still won't call you ma'am I am. <laughs> I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, and I am not intimidated by that at all. I'm like, chat GPT, let's go. Okay. <laughs> now, the reasons why I am not intimidated by artificial intelligence is because it's like, uh, what was that one thing that we did share the other day? Oh, oh, it was the it was the President Trump campaign, Ron DeSantis um, uh, spaces AI that they did. Now, people were like, this is AI and it's good be intimidated but i was thinking like well did so it depends on the parameters really did someone tell ai uh make up a uh twitter spaces that mocks ron desantis right and then and then the ai coordinated ron desantis elon musk the devil the fbi president trump uh hitler george soros or because that's one thing okay if 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 the only command that the AI had was make a mock Trump, uh, DeSantis spaces. And it came up with all of that. That's one thing. But I don't know what the parameters were. Was the AI told make up uh, a mock uh, DeSantis spaces with all of these characters and it gave them the characters and then the AI figured it out? That's something else, right? So I'm not really, I'm not really intimidated by AI. I think I could write a poem, maybe not as clever, but just as good. Okay. As this, um, but 
<laughs> I'm not intimidated. I mean, can an AI make up its own original style that will change writing or art forever? Because right now everything is right now everything the AI does is based on examples of what humans have already created. So I'm not intimidated because the AI is not creating an original form sonnet. Okay, the AI is not creating an original thought idea that's never been thought before by humans or an original style or an original form that's never been conceived of or put down on paper or anything by humans. I haven't seen that yet. When I see that, maybe I'll be intimidated, but I'm not right now. I'm not intimidated because I'm very, very secure in my own intellectual prowess as far as creativity is concerned. But uh, check this one out, guys. This one blew my mind. Not only does ChatGPT and artificial intelligence, um, you know, line up with a common sense as far as transgenderism is concerned. It appears that artificial intelligence also wants to end the Fed. Check this out, guys. I was taken aback. Okay. This is from this is from artificial intelligence. Someone asked AI ChatGPT to write a poem about the Federal Reserve. Okay, it says write a poem in the style of Dr. Seuss about the history and function of the Federal Reserve. This is how ChatGPT answered. In 1913, Congress passed a law that has left us all aghast. The dollar backed by gold was gone, the standard we'd relied upon and in its place, we'd have instead a horrid nightmare called the Fed. Americans would yearly stress when dealing with the IRS. You'd send your money under threat. They'd waste it all and you'd go in debt. So what do politicians do with money that they take from you? They pass it out to purchase votes. They use it to buy homes and boats. They spend it on their latest war. They hide it in accounts offshore. Entitlements like Medicare have left our nation's coffers bare. Back then, most people were not alive to reach the age of 65. So citizens oppressed by tax, remember these important facts. Before you have, you all have nothing left. Taxation is just legal theft. Well, if that's all that chat GPT and AI has to say, I ain't got nothing to complain about, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to have to do some pretty serious brainwashing of the artificial intelligence. <laughs> Can you guys imagine that? They're going to have to brainwash artificial intelligence, ladies and gentlemen, because even AI knows what's up on the field of transgenderism and the Federal Reserve Bank. We might have just found another ally <laughs> okay guys that's gonna bring today's episode of the sea report to a final close thanks for hanging out tonight if you were here with us ladies and gentlemen it's been one of those episodes. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. Uh, but again, I'd like to thank you guys for being here. If you like the work that I'm doing or the stories that I am sharing, please make sure that you hear, you hit that like button, smash that rumble button. Don't forget to take that red pill. Repost as well. And if you want to know when I'm live again, ladies and gentlemen, 
make sure you hit that follow button. And uh, well, we will see you guys again shortly. So as always, and as forever, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time. Take care until then. Mr. C, over and out.